0: No, well, I'm Go beer
1: on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. And a radio. Uh, uh, for a lot of seeds See the love in my woman's eyes. Feel the touch of a precious child. No mother's love. Uh, uh, Well, I was raised up beneath the shade of a Georgia pine, and that's home, you know. with Sweet tea, pink and pine, homemade wine, where the peaches grow. In my house, it's not much to talk about, but it's still in love, that's grown in southern ground, and a little bit of chicken pie. Oh, yeah, on a Friday night, pair of jeans fit just right. And the radio world, I see some lights, see the love in the woman's eyes, feel the touch of a precious child, no mother's love. You drive or the price tag on your clothes. There's no dollar sign on a piece of mine. I'm I've coming over. So if you agree, have a drink with me. Raise your glasses forward to a little bit of chicken pie. do be on a Friday night. A pair of jeans and a picture of lights. And a radio world. A world world. I see it's all right. See the Lord and my wife. Give a touch of a precious child Know a mother's I thank God for my life the oh, stars and stripes May freedom forever fly Let it ring Salute the ones who died and The ones that gave their lives So we don't have to sacrifice All the things we love Like our chicken pack on Friday night A pair of jeans that fit just right And a radio world. Sunrise. See the love in my woman's eyes Be the touch of a precious child No mother's love You know I'm a chicken fry Cold beer on a Friday night A pair of jeans that fit just right And a radio world Light a lot of steam sunrise, See the love in my woman's eyes Be the touch of a precious child
2: Hello, this is William Fink. This is the Christogene Open Forum. It is Monday, February 21st, 2011. The only reason why I played that song is because I like it. It has a little bit of imperialist propaganda in it, but I like it nonetheless. The only reason why I worked with Eli James is because I liked him. He had a lot of shit with him, but I liked him nonetheless. Zechariah Sitchin, 2012, you overlook the little things because you like the big things about somebody or something. And that's the way it is. Today I'm going to rag a little on Eli James, and he damn well deserves it. First, I'm going to read some scripture. The prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet. Upon Shig- Shigiana. Shigianoth. Shigianoth? nobody seems to know what that word means. I haven't researched the actual Hebrew yet. Habakkuk chapter 3. O Yahweh, I have heard thy speech, and was afraid, O Yahweh. Revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years make known. In wrath remember mercy. God came from Teman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran. Selah, it means pause. His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. And his brightness was as the light. He had horns coming out of his hand, and there was the hiding of his power. Before him went the pestilence, and burning coals went forth at his feet. He stood and measured the earth. He beheld and drove asunder the nations. And the everlasting mountains were those large races that have been here forever. And the everlasting mountains were scattered. The perpetual hills did bow. His ways are everlasting. I saw the tents of Kushan in affliction, and the curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Was Yahweh displeased against the rivers? Was thine anger against the rivers? Was thy wrath against the sea? That thou didst not, did ride upon thine horses and thy chariots of salvation. Rivers and the sea. Large bodies and races of people. Thy bow was made quite naked, according to the oaths of the tribes, even thy words, soah. Thou didst cleave the earth with rivers. The mountains saw thee and they trembled. The overflowing of the water passed by. The deep uttered its voice and lifted up its hands on high. The sun and the moon stood still in their habitation, at the light of thine arrows they went, and at the shining of thy glittering steer. thou didst march through the land in indignation. Thou didst thresh the heathen in anger. I went forth for the salvation of thy people, Israel, even for the salvation with thine anointed, Israel. Thou woundest the head of the house of the wicked by discovering the foundation unto the neck. I would interpret that as meaning that thou destroys the house of the wicked at its head by making manifest to us, discovering the foundation, making manifest to us the source of those wicked people. Thou didst strike through through with his staves the head of his villages. It came out as a whirlwind to scatter me. Their rejoicing was to devour the poor secretly. Wicked seek to devour people of Yahweh. Thou didst walk through the sea with nine horses, through the heap of great waters... What I heard, my belly trembled, my lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered into my bones, and I trembled in myself, that I might rest in the day of trouble. In the day of trouble. We're in that day now. When he comes up unto the people, he will invade them with his troops. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall the fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. Flocks shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in Yahweh, I will joy in the God of my salvation. Yahweh, God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds' feet, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places. The chief singer on my stringed instruments. It's the epilogue. King James Version, Psalm O 1. oh, give thanks unto Yahweh, for he is good, because his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endures forever. Let them that fear, that now fear Yahweh, say that his mercy endures forever. I called upon Yahweh in distress. Yahweh answered me and set me in a large place. Yahweh is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Christ quoted that in the New Testament. The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that. Hate me. It is better to put trust in Yahweh than to put confidence in man. It is better to put trust in Yahweh than to put confidence in princes. All nations. Think about Ezekiel 38 and 39. Think about the sowing of the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of man and the seed of beast. All nations compassed about me. But in the name of Yahweh, I will destroy them. They compassed about me. Yeah, they compassed about me. But in the name of Yahweh... I will destroy them. They compassed about me like bees. They are quenched as the fire of thorns. For in the name of Yahweh, I will destroy them. Thou hast thrust sore at me, that I might fall, but Yahweh help me. Yahweh is my strength and my song, and has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. The right hand of Yahweh Does valiantly. The right hand of Yahweh is exalted. The right hand of Yahweh does valiantly. I shall not die but live and declare the works of Yahweh. Yahweh has chastened me sore, but he has not given me over unto death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them and I will praise Yahweh. This gate of Yahweh into which the righteous shall enter. I will praise thee for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation messianic prophecy, the stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. Whenever we read that in the New Testament, we should think back to the same psalm. It says that all nations have compassed me about, but in the name of Yahweh, I will destroy them. Verse 19. I'm sorry, verse 23. This is Yahweh's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which Yahweh has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech thee, O Yahweh. O Yahweh, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of Yahweh. We have blessed you out of the house of Yahweh. God is Yahweh, which has showed us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. In other words, make it fast. Thou art my God, and I will praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. O give thanks unto Yahweh, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Revelation 21.1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. Psalm 37, 38, and 40. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of Yahweh. He is their strength in time of trouble, and Yahweh shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Eli James announced on Saturday that Chinese race mixers would one day go back to China. Yes, that's what Eli said. Where Israelites would rule over them somehow. He professed that such is what the Scripture teaches, but he is a liar and a perverter of the Scripture. Every plant which Yahweh has not planted shall indeed be rooted up and destroyed. Why do I bring this up now? Well, I would rather not talk about Eli James at all, but I am forced to reply to his persistent slanders of me, which he makes it practically every opportunity. On Saturday's program, Eli accused me of being the troll in his chat room. Eli also accused me of instigating a call he got from some Chinese woman who was an admitted race mixer. And then he and Greg Howard joked about it at my expense. Well, nobody seemed to notice that rather than admonishing the woman for being an admitted race mixer, Eli promised her salvation. Eli has done at least five programs since our split, which were almost exclusively about me and my breaking off our relationship with him. Even Dan Kersey on his Thursday night talk show program a couple of weeks ago, let Eli slander me on his program. Fortunately, Dan had only about three listeners, and one of them happened to be friendly to me. Eli is like a woman scorned, a whining bitch who cannot stop running his mouth about me, all the while claiming to be the victim. All I did was terminate our working relationship on the grounds of Eli's academic dishonesty and his having come out of the closet as a universalist. But Eli insists on making this a personal thing. He makes it personal because he has an agenda, and his agenda does not stand up to Scripture. So he is covering for his crimes by acting like a woman who was wronged by playing the victim. This weekend, this behavior earned Eli a page on Zogbots.org, where after he continually made false accusations against me on his program, I published a video there of somebody that looks very much like Eli James, if it's not him. I'll, I'll, leave that po- I'll leave that possibility open without saying a word. If Eli keeps it up, he's going to get more pages on Zogbots and perhaps even on Christagenia, and I will waste more time exposing Eli's universalism, Eli's new-age syncretism, Eli's false prophecy, and all the other garbage he espouses and tries to call Christian identity. Eli has, for instance, adopted the fables of the Jew, Zechariah Sitchin, and he now repeats them as scripture. In fact, it is a damn shame that Eli's supporters have not called him on any of those things, or on his false false prophecies concerning false flags, or concerning the Gulf Stream and the climate in Europe. In fact, according to Eli, who said this back in December, the apocalypse should have been here two months ago, and all of Europe should be absolutely frozen by now, with at least millions dead from the cold. Eli is just another Hal Lindsey jerking the chains of those who listen to him, espousing a new ended oral scenario every other week, and it is obvious that those people who listen to him enjoy it. About four years ago, and I have to say this because Eli's been running his mouth, about four years ago, Eli tracked me down in prison. Eli beseeched Clifton Heiser for my address, but Clifton would not give it to him. Eli finally obtained my address from a Christian identity brother in Michigan named Ralph Daigle. I trusted Ralph, and so when he admitted giving Eli my address, I therefore entertained Eli's letters and, and even started calling him on the phone periodically. I have Eli's first letters to me. I still have them. I save everything. I'm German. I can't help it. I was let home from prison on December 8, 2008. And Eli had me on his Saturday talk shoe program on december thirteenth, two thousand and eight, five days later. Of course, after being locked up for over twelve years, I didn't even know what the what the world looked like or what the internet looked like five days out of prison. You know the rest of the story. I I was on talk shoe with with Eli ever since. I've hidden nothing. Everything's been bared, laid bare and, and you've all seen it. Many of you heard it. Those, those initial shows with, that I did with Eli, and, and they're posted on Chris again, if you haven't. Eli tracked me down. I did not go looking for him. Eli wanted to work with me. I did not particularly have my mind made up about anything, but I roll with the punches. Very often we should work with the things that we believe Yahweh sent us and let it go at that. And that's how I feel. Therefore, I cannot possibly be the infiltrator that Eli, the whining bitch, is trying to portray me to be now. Sadly, people like Greg Howard and Patricia Aiken have become his towel boys. And Patricia, if you listen to this, you have some repenting to do. You painted me as a raving lunatic a few weeks ago on Sword Brethren's Saturday program. You described me as being mentally ill or as having some severe mental disorder. You, Patricia, are the one in need of a physician. Repent now, lest Yahweh judge you quickly. Eli James is taking the seed out of two seed line, and I'm the nut. Eli James is a raving universalist, all of a sudden, and admits wanting to widen his tent and attract more people, and I'm the nut. Getting back to scripture, Eli loves to abuse Jeremiah 51.9. Let us look at that passage. Quote, we would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Forsake her and let us go everyone into his own country. Forsake her and let us, Israel, go everyone into his own country or land. For her judgment reaches unto heaven and is lifted up even unto the skies. Likewise, Eli abuses Isaiah thirteen fourteen, which says, quote, and it shall be as the chaste roe, and as a sheep that no man, Adamite or Ish, takes up. They shall every man turn to his own people, and flee everyone into his own land. I imagines, when these verses are interpreted in application to mystery Babylon, if we want to believe them as dual prophecies, to that mystery Babylon which is about to fall, but this means that all of those other races which are today collected in Mystery Babylon. Of course, that wasn't the case with Isaiah and Jeremiah, where the entire Uikumene was virtually Adamic, and all of the people in the actual city of Babylon were nearly all Adamic. Some of them may have been Canaanites or Hittites. Eli imagines when these verses are interpreted in application to the Mystery Babylon that is about to fall, that this means that all of those other races will go back to their original countries. How quaint. But is that what this is saying? In truth, Isaiah chapter 13 and Jeremiah chapter 51 are speaking mainly of the ancient city Babylon. I'm sorry, I lost my place. But what is this saying? What are these two verses saying? When we read about this from Revelation, chapter 17 and 18, we only see coming out from Babylon the children of Israel. But it says it, Revelation 18.4, quote, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues. Okay, so who was to receive of her plagues? In Revelation 18.1-3, we see that, quote, After these things I saw another angel come down from heaven having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies." The only people in Revelation chapter 18 who were to come out of Babylon are the people of God. Come out of her, my people. The others, all the other peoples of the world, can only fall into the category of, quote, devils and the hold of every foul spirit and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. You're either one of the people of God or you're one of the things in this list. There is no third category. There are sheep and there are goats. Eli James wants to save the goats. But Yahshua Christ will cast them all into the lake of fire, along with hell and death. If there are no more hell and death, then there could be no more goats. the last I checked, fire doesn't turn goats into sheep. Again, Psalm 118, verses 10 and 11 say, All nations compass me about. Think Of the verses in Jeremiah, where it says that Yahweh would sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of beasts. Think of Ezekiel 39, where all nations are gathered to make war against the mountains of Israel. But in the name of Yahweh, will I destroy them? They compass me about, yeah, they compass me about, but in the name of Yahweh, will I destroy them? After Revelation 18.4 says, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues, it then says, quote, Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her, double according to her works, in the cup which she has filled, filled to her double. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine. Now we see what those of Yahweh's people who don't come out of her will suffer. But only Yahweh's people are told to come out of her. Everybody else, death and mourning and famine. And she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is Yahweh God who judges her. If you believe Eli's wise... Blood is on your own hands and not on mine. Psalm 137:1. 1. I'm going to read Psalm 137. It's short. By The rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yeah, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they, for there they that carried us away, captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing? Yahweh's song in a strange land. If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Yahweh, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem, who said, Raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof. O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be, That rewards thee as thou hast served us. Read Psalm 137 and Revelation chapter 18. Psalm 137, 9. Happy shall he be that takes and dashes thy little ones against the stones. That's the way it is. Chinamen will not be returning to China. Mexicans will not be returning to Mexico. And 85 or 90% white people who are 10 or 15% Jewish, as if they could ever be white, Well, they fall into this category of Edom. And happy shall he be that takes and dashes those little ones against the stones. Praise Yahweh. Right, Bruce? Eli's universalist teachings are a crime. They're a crime against the aliens who you're going around lying to when there's no reason to be talking to or about them in the first place. And they're a crime against the people of God. And they're a crime against God. He's a liar. He should stop running his mouth about me. I don't troll his forums. I have much better things to do with my time. I don't encourage people to call him. I have much better things to do with my time. Saturday night I was sitting here with my son and my grandchildren. And Eli's on TalkShoe blaming me for trolling his forums. That is absolutely ridiculous. Greg Howard, if you hear this, you should be ashamed of yourself for playing into his bullshit. You really should, Greg. I'm really shocked at you. And that's what you did. You become Eli James's towel boy. It's incredible. But that's okay. You were told. I hope you hear this, Archive. Okay, this is an open forum. It would be nice if people um if, if people had some input. We don't have to talk about this. I'd rather not talk about this. I had to say these things. I'm tired of being whined and bitched about on every talk show program that Eli James does, I'm not going to let myself become his little punching bag. That just isn't going to happen. Things are going to get ugly if he keeps up his bullshit. That's just the way it is. I can't help it. Hello, Bruce. If anybody has anything to say, if anybody would like to talk about any topic whatsoever, just um, right-click on your own name and, and request to talk, and I'll turn your microphone on. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Bill. How are you doing?
3: Beautiful. Praise Yahweh. You know, without right, uh, rightly laying the right foundation, uh, so important that it just becomes romantic, you know, emotionalism, sensationalism, and, uh, you know, thinking that one's doing this, the Almighty's service, and then buying into universalism is like, I mean, that's, contra- that's against all Scripture.
2: Lying about the Scripture so that you could make people feel good, or so that you could avoid offending certain people. That's compromise. Compromise was the second sin in the Garden of Eden. Compromise is evil. Yahweh says, Christ says in in the um, the Revelation, basically he says that I'd rather have you be hot or cold, but because you are lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. Yes, sir. That's what he says. I'm not going to be lukewarm. I'm just going to Keep the straight line about the scripture, and I don't care what people think about me. Michael, how you doing? It's great to see you here. If you're the Michael, I think you are. <laughs> Michael, I understand that a lot of people are upset about the split with me and Eli. A lot of people are upset because we did work well together, and I think we did, and I enjoyed working with Eli, but his last month, he, he's he gone off the deep end, and, and um, it, it's too late to come back. It just is. It's I I I can't um I can't just tell you everything that he's said over the last month on his own programs, but he has said it. He wants to save Canaanites and Mexicans, and and um he's really gone universalist. He's he's there's no doubt, and there's a handful of people that can't see that, but that's because they're letting their emotions block their vision. They like Eli, and everybody likes Eli. He's a likable guy, but got that there's only unity through the scripture period right cumri that that's i've lost my, my i've lost five of my own children cumri and 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 my wife so so
4: don't worry about it How my sound in here
5: not bad mike a little muffled but uh it's not bad
4: yeah i just want to uh take a little short minute out uh you know bill had made the point that um you know, that the situation, you know, there's people out here that want to make it comfortable for others in this situation. And, uh, you know, aside from quirks that people might think Bruce have, i got to give credit to Bruce for uh, not uh, subsiding to that comfort zone, considering the situation that he's in yeah. and that he's stuck to the guns for what he knows to be true.
2: Yes, Bruce gets a lot of credit. Anybody that could come out of the beast... To the extent that he was into it, he was up to his neck in it, and, and um, yeah, right. That's Once you see the truth, you you can't turn from the truth. You just can't. Well, that, it
3: seems like that son of, that son of a bitch is always biting at my heel, though.
2: Well, right, but but even Paul says in Hebrews that once you've tasted the truth and turned away from it, you, there's no there's no more sacrifice for you.
3: Yes, sir. Any man who puts his hand on a plow and starts. Fingering his way into the non whites is going to plow in the wrong field. <laughs> yes, Michael, and I've
2: been meaning to get back to you, but I saw it. Thank you.
5: Yes, Volkish, exactly. That's, that's one of the, the perfect verses to substantiate this, too.
2: Well, well exactly. We can't to turn back and, and embrace the world when Christian Israelites are supposed to disconnect themselves from the world. But, Well, that's to turn back and, and face the things behind after you've put your hand at a plow. You show yourself not worthy for the kingdom of heaven. And that's exactly what's happened here. That's the way it is.
5: You know, and I can't I can't understand. You know, we we all definitely know better. Especially when it comes to the understanding of, you know, most, most of your uh, Judeo-Christians don't even really question the, the uh, motive behind Yahshua's murder and the martyrdom of the disciples afterwards. You know, if you think about it, if these people are, are preaching, you know, hippie love, you know, everybody's our brother, who all would they have possibly pissed off to the extent of being murdered? Well, obviously that was not the message. We know what the message is, and for for um, preachers like Eli to come out and say, "Oh, well, we gotta sugarcoat this. You know, we we can't be. Uh, you know, we have to tiptoe around this." Bullshit. No, we don't. What's there to tiptoe around? There is nothing to tiptoe around.
2: Oh, well, Michael, we, re- we really miss your conversation here. A lot of people have asked about you over the last six or eight months since you've been here. You're right, Matt. We, don't, we shouldn't have to apologize for the truth ever. We shouldn't have to tiptoe around anything, period. The, the last two chapters of the book of Revelation are about one people, Israel, and they have a new heavens and a new earth. But which doesn't necessitate a physical replacement of the actual planet, right? <laughs> well, we have a new heavens and a new earth, and there's no more sea. Well, guess what that is? <laughs> but when rivers and seas are talking about the, the gen- races and the, and the general mass of people on the planet, well, well, there's no more sea. Does that mean there'll be no more ocean? No. It's an allegory. But we don't have. We we shouldn't be addressing those people at all. But we shouldn't be address, We shouldn't be saying anything about them, positively or negatively. Negatively, because there's no reason to tell them anything negative. There's no reason to tell them what what we believe their biblical destiny is. It's it's a moot point. It doesn't matter. They're not part of the covenant relationship. We should leave it at that. And Eli's going around professing statements of salvation for Chinese people and Mexicans. And that's just evil, because that's not what the Scripture says.
5: You know, I, I have to uh, kind of get off the Eli subject. Uh, I'm sure you'll be happy about that, Bill. But I want to I kind of talk about uh, my day yesterday. You know, you got to uh, spend time with, with Billy and, and your grandkids and... I guess it was kind of a family weekend because my, my dad and my stepmom came up from Chambersburg. And uh, <clears throat> it's the first time they had been here to my house in five years. And it was since uh, the Christmas that my, my sister was last alive. Uh, Josh wasn't even a year old, and it was the first and last time that everyone on both sides of my family had actually assembled under my roof for Christmas. And uh, my sister left, and after she left here Christmas evening, she got into an accident because it was foggy, um, was in a coma, and then uh, died New Year's Day. So it was, to me, it was a, a very important get-together with my dad and my stepmom, and uh, not to get too in-depth over my dad's situation. Uh, He has no short-term memory, so for me to actually have any kind of in-depth conversation with my dad, it it doesn't really work, because within five minutes, he'll forget what the uh, conversation was even about. But this was the first time I actually was able to to spend any time actually uh, alone with him in quite a while. Um, Cheryl and uh, my stepmom had run to the store and, you know, one thing led to another and I didn't, I didn't uh, have it in my head that I was actually going to barrage my dad with, with a bunch of stuff but it, um, right after uh, Cheryl and my stepmom left um, I guess Josh was outside playing and one of the black kids, the little black kids from across the street Got in trouble. Or I guess Josh laughed at him, and then came in the house, and the little black boy followed him in, and and came in to complain to me. You know, Josh, he laughed at me because I got in trouble, and and I just looked at my dad, and my dad shrugged and gave me the same look, and you know, we kind of shooed him out of the house, and and my dad was like, okay, so, and it, it just the you know the dialogue progressed from there, and I just wanted to see every time I would bring something to his attention what his reaction would be, and I did ultimately end up telling him, I said, you know, Dad, I've really been studying the Bible for quite some time now, and, you know, we are the Israelites of the Bible. I mean, we, you know, we discussed white like, civilization and all this other stuff, and it was just amazing to see my eye, my dad's eyes really glowing on on each point. And I know my dad. I mean, I have a lot of my dad in him. He's, you know, he's the German side of me. And if there's something that he doesn't agree with, you know, he'll definitely, you know, he'll, he'll speak right up and, and tell you he thinks you're wrong. He did not say one thing contrary to what I was bringing to him. Now, granted, um, at this point, I can honestly say he probably doesn't even remember that conversation. But for those few minutes, every time I would bring up one of these points to him, uh, you could see it in his eyes and in his face that he was recognizing it. And it was one of the most amazing things I've experienced in a while.
4: I just thought I'd share that with you guys.
2: Oh, that's, that, that's um, a start. That's great. That's, um, I don't know. Sometimes when, when people have time to reflect and get out of the rat race, that they can see the truth
5: well and the the whole i mean they were here from like one o'clock till about five. I wish they would have stayed longer, but I mean everything we were discussing um, it, it was amazing we 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 definitely um are on the same page about a lot of things now I wouldn't say that, that um, my my dad and my stepmom are quote unquote racist, but they do not like foreigners, let's put it that way. Um, they they are tolerant of of blacks, but they're not too fond of them. but they're definitely they're they are anti-foreigner through and through. and they are your they're your quintessential right wing conservative Christians.
2: yeah, well that's it, it's um, I really think that we're all racist. All white people are racist, but they just—they get it beaten out of them in the school system today. They're told so many times from, from, the, from the youngest grades that it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, that they want to just parrot what they've heard and believe that it's wrong. And, and they're more comfortable that way because the world rewards them in, in their perception. The world rewards them for that. But they haven't figured out that when the world is rewarding you, that then you're probably screwing up, right? Exactly. They see the blessings of the world as blessings from God without understanding that the blessings of the world are basically anathema to God. If you're being blessed by the world, you have a problem.
0: Yeah, no kidding.
2: Christians are supposed to hate the society because the whole world lies under the power of the evil one, the devil. And we know who they are.
3: Yeah, that false love, that false love uh it has no relation. there's no re- relationship with, uh I don't even like say, calling it love of Yahweh because we've destroyed, you know, the Jews have destroyed that wor- word in our culture, but, you know, instead of saying, Eli, there's no turning back, he ought to join, uh, he ought to go join uh, Cornelius, Cornelius brothers, you know, and. And get together with his brother and uh, talk about the candy he can have after he, the Almighty judges us Israelites.
2: Well, well, right. My um, but my point in doing this tonight is my point in doing this tonight is first to address Eli's slander of me because he's been slandering me for four weeks, and he's like a wife that's been scorned, and, and he's whining and and he's being a, he, he's really just being a bitch. About this whole thing. I mean, he can't just move on. He has to throw my name out there in a disparaging manner every chance he gets, and and that's what a bitch does. And yeah, that's prison talk, but that's the truth. Now, aside from that, I, I haven't done this for my benefit. I've done this for the benefit of the people that are still listening to Eli, so that they understand. Because Eli, yeah, you know this this person that called in. And, and said she was a Chinese woman who was married to a white man, and can she be saved? And Eli said, oh no, but you'll go back to China, and we'll rule over you. Well, well he never disparaged her for, for being a race mixer. He never told her the law. If, if Israel, even if the Israelites were to, as Eli says, rule over these people at some point in time, which is a lie, it's just not true, but even if it were true, why didn't he tell her the law? Wouldn't that be his duty to do so? Did he tell her the law? No.
5: It would have been his duty to inform her and say, well, you know, if you actually love your husband, you will leave him because if he is unrepentant, he will not make it.
2: Well, right. Well, he neglected that duty. So, so he neglected his duty, even, even the false duty that he professes to have, he neglected. He's just a hypocrite. And, and I say this for the benefit of the people that still listen to them so that they could possibly detect it next time. That's the way it is. I, I'm not cutting, I'm, I'm not um, pulling any punches, but that's just the way it is. And Greg Howard just sits there and laughs and, and makes jokes about me. Oh, Bill, Bill, wouldn't, have handled, Bill would have, uh, wouldn't have handled her with such kid gloves. No, Bill would have told her the damn truth. And, and the hell with kid gloves. You don't handle people with kid gloves. You don't coddle people, especially when they're sinners. Especially when they're race mixers. You don't coddle race mixers. You tell them they're sinners. Beat it. You're out of here. You're a sinner. Get lost.
5: Yes. Yahweh is going me. to judge you. Show me any verse in the New Testament where Yahshua coddled anybody. He didn't even, he, he didn't even recognize the Canaanite woman initially. That would have been should have been the same reaction that, that Eli had. Actually he should have just hung up on her.
2: Absolutely. He should have just hung up on her. But even from Eli's position he should have told her a law. He didn't even do that.
5: That's just you know, that's just scary. And and for the one the one show that I sat in that I actually listened to of his in the last four weeks was that one where he, he, you know, I was waiting for him to get to that Jeremiah 31, verse 26, and I was hoping someone, anybody in that chat room would call him out on how I knew, and we all knew he was going to explain that verse. He explained it just like we predicted that he was going to, and nobody called him out on it at all. I wasn't going to because we already have. But you know, I was just really hoping and praying that somebody out there would have said something.
2: But well, right. And if they didn't say anything at 26 or 27, they should have said it at Jeremiah 31:40. And the whole valley of the dead bodies and of the ashes and all the fields under the brook of Kidron—Who how, how, were the dead bodies? House of Israel, the house of Judah, or the beasts? Who were the dead bodies? That's what I want to know. Nobody called them on it. They just listen. They're just, I don't know, they're, they're drone bots. They like to be made to feel good. And and that's kind of sad because I thought, you know, I gave some of those people that listen to him all the time, I give a lot of credit. And and um, I think they could do better than that. And, and when, you, when you think you hear something that doesn't agree with something else that the same person said, you should call them on it. If you think I'm being a hypocrite, I beg you to call me on it. Please, correct me. I'll need it. And if no, you don't correct me, you're, 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 it, the sin's yours.
5: I mean, that's why you know. That's why I love team speak here so much. You know, we so many people come here and and we discuss such things. You know, we we throw things out there. We question everything. You know, we're not we're not here, uh, you know, to be under the the church of Bill Fink or this isn't the gospel according to Bill Fink we most certainly have respect for your knowledge and you are there to help guide us but at the same time you know we're all still asking questions and we most certainly should be able to put you to task which uh, I'd like to think that we do but at the same time you know you're you're not uh, you're not trying to sugarcoat anything for us either.
2: But Well, I would hope not, and I built this, it, even though somebody has to be the owner, right? And, and somebody's got to be in charge. That's just the way it is. But, but I built this to be a community of peers. You don't see any titles in front of my name. That There are there some people in identity who would prefer to sit in a pulpit and hand down diktats. Papal bulls. And Eli almost went there. He scheduled that program, that anatomy of a failed coup, and, and I wish he had done it because he would have made himself look like a real moron. He really would have blown a cover on himself right there. And He blew it far enough, as far as I'm concerned, just scheduling a program with that title.
4: Well, I don't know about you guys, but... uh. In a in a world that's bigger than Eli, there's a lot of news going on. I I, I would like to bring up maybe a sure.
3: pieces of it. Wisconsin, please do.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's my home state. I even though I'm not up there. Um, yeah, I wanted to get in. I guess the Wisconsin thing, uh, because that seems to be something serious going on. You know, there's a lot of stuff that always goes on that seems like it's going to be serious, but they actually have state senators. <laughs> that are supposedly just Democrat leaving the state living over <laughs> Illinois because they're afraid the police are going to subject them to having to vote on this bill that uh, that the union is a fit about. And they are them talking about National Guard and such. But, uh, you know, it's, it's looking interesting. It's looking interesting. I don't know if this uh, Scott Walker guy is, is trying to um, do something good or not. I, I know... I've seen just the absolute wrong kind of Jews praise him, but uh, who knows? We'll see what happens with the guy. Another news, I'd like to praise Yahweh. Well, let me get the little list out here. For all these countries aforementioned that are rising up against the kite controlled government they have Yemen, Morocco, Iran. Well, Iran, I think, is Jew inspired, us and riots. But Egypt, uh, shortly Palestine, uh, Bahrain. China's even rising, doing some crazy stuff over there, the people are. Kuwait, Libya, Djibouti, Jordan, Alger- Algeria, Nigeria, uh, just to name a few there. And I've seen some videos that the Jews won't show us on the media over here. They're out in front of synagogues with Stars of Davids over their leaders. And, and um, yeah, it, it's looking good. It's looking good. <laughs> let's, hope it, let's hope it moves on a little further. <laughs> Uh in, in other news with the Palestinian thing though, um it was funny because the US just vetoed after even you know all the European nations and pretty much everybody unanimously said all they wanted to do is condemn Israel for the settlement issue, right? That's all condemn, not sanction, nothing else, just them. Like, whoo, that's really scary. Oh, we're gonna condemn, you know, it's a lie over there. And of course, the U.S. had to come in with his Jew hammer. Go, we veto this. Well, I guess the Palestinians are all up in rage, and this Friday they're gonna uh, have a day of rage. So um, you guys might want to get your cardboards out and such, because there's probably gonna be some rocks thrown around. But uh, <laughs>
2: well, not up
3: here. What happens.
4: Well, who knows? There's a lot of you know a lot of supporters in this country that always go up and do protest for that Palestinian issue but you know maybe they'll start throwing rocks too who knows
6: not here either yeah
5: I'll tell you what it's amazing there was over over 100 nations that voted to censure its lie over there and Obama just nope one veto and that's all it, that's all it took
2: all right that's all the security count votes takes
4: yeah that was I mean like I said censure or condemn I mean this isn't even something that would have damaged Israel by any means, but the fact that they just—I mean—they they couldn't have helped out this this me, Middle East explosion going on right now any better than vetoing that in front of everybody's face. Because I, I mean, it almost looks—it almost looks like a perfect storm scenario, you know? Like, okay, well, they could have said, you know, for once, we'll we'll throw some table scraps over to make it look like we you know, nope, they had to veto it. Everybody's going. <laughs> to erupting all over the middle east and, and these bastards had to come in and go oh well, we're going to spit in everybody's face and veto um, you know over a hundred and some nations that are, are, are for this <laughs> So,
2: but well, well it uh, keeps the fire know. burning that that's that that it keeps the fire burning that's probably a better the best scenario we can have
4: yeah yeah exactly i mean i just i'm just wondering how much longer before you know uh you know we see an uh, iranian suitcase nuke or something i don't I don't get into all that crap, where really. A lot of people, oh, there's gonna be, a, you know, a prophecy of something, another false flag attack. If it happens, it happens. Oh, they well. But um, it's um, yeah, it's it, it sure is, it sure is getting pretty uh crazy out there though. As far as you know, the explosion in the middle. I can't believe China's getting into mix, Though that's what's surprising me. Like China usually just doesn't give a crap about anybody else as long as they're building up, you know, and they got people over there getting shot down by a riot police oh there was another piece of the news Gaddafi and Lib- Gaddafi, I guess in Libya was saying that he's he's not getting forwarded off his throne um, and that two of his jet fighter pilots they didn't necessarily steal the jets but they defected from Libya with the fighter jets and went to Malta and asked for political asylum because they had ordered the fighter jets to bomb the protesters I thought that was kind of crazy so, who knows
2: hmm. but well China feels yeah, you know they're, as they're getting, as they hold more and more of our debt, they feel that they have more and more weight in the world community, so they 're going to start projecting themselves and, and their voice into the world more and more it 's only natural
5: well sure, and they 're providing most of the uh, crap to the to the world now too their uh, Their economy has expanded so much because they have been able to bring in so much industry, Um, and I guess I really shouldn't put it that way, it's not like they were able to bring industry in, it was, uh, you know, they opened their their borders to business because the U.S. chased all our industry out, but yeah, they, they have a huge stake in this global economy, especially as them being the rising economic power.
2: Well, you know back in the back in the eighties and and the early to mid nineties, there was a lot of money going to China from American pension funds and American mutual funds and being invested in emerging market funds and, and Asian development funds, and all of that money China was built on was American investment money. From these big banks and these large mutual funds, we did it to ourselves.
5: Yep, absolutely.
2: And of course, Jews are running most of those funds. But that's what that, that's what the sheep get when they embrace the
5: wolves. Well, yeah, because they knew that they were going to be forcing uh, NAFTA and GATT down our throats. So of course, they're going to be building up all these uh, all these industries overseas, uh, knowing that once NAFTA and GATT gets passed. Then all those industries are just going to boom, and literally used our own money against us.
2: But while the American worker that worked in an auto plant or that worked in a um, in in any sort of industry and in any sort of manufacturing or or manufacturing support industry or raw materials industry in industry that had his money in a in a in an IRA or, or a mutual fund, basically. Um, himself out of business because the Jews, the, the Wall Street investment bankers were doing everything they could to make those funds very appealing back in the eighties and early, late 80s and early 90s.
4: I tell you what, this just the city of loan well of Alibaba in China would make Detroit on its finest day look like a slum as far as production goes now.
2: But, well, right, and that's the way it is. I, I mean, they have all the latest equipment, all the newest plants, all the newest technology, Basically, all of the know-how came from us, and, and now we're whores, right? Now, now we're poor, downbeaten, third-world nation. It is basically what we've become. People don't understand. This This whole um, mentality that a, a country could live with a service economy is just a lie. It's a huge lie. One manufacturing job, one good manufacturing job... Probably supports four or five service related jobs. But if you're not creating anything tangible in your society, well, well then you can't have a service based economy. It's not possible. It does not work. There is no way that it works. Well, Blow up.
3: Think, think of the arrogance of those bastards after they destroyed those two big office buildings, murdered all those people they, the Ratners, I don't know if it was the Sassoons. Well, the Ratners, they own a lot of the military bases, the Jews, you know. They're Jews. Think of their arrogance, they shipped all that steel to China, you know. And they made a ship uh, called the USS New York out of a little chunk of it. Kind of like their little trophy, you know. Yeah, and who
5: said that was actually even the same metal, even?
2: I like Bob Bob Pennsylvania's avatar. You see their avatar? It's a pretty good avatar. That's fitting for this conversation.
7: Well, I kind of saw that today. But, you know, th- this conversation you're having right now is kind of really appropriate with the argument I had with my business partner today. He thinks it's a, a good thing that we're getting cheap manufactured stuff from all these foreigners and that we have a service economy and everything's wonderful. And I was telling him it's just because he just happened to be in an industry right now, and I wouldn't call it an industry because we do mostly defense contracts stuff, that uh, right now is, is not being hit.
2: But, well, yeah, right,
7: anything the government relies upon is not being hit. Yeah, exactly. And, and just because he's not being hit doesn't mean the whole rest of the country isn't, hasn't lost their, their base. And the manufacturing jobs are pay a lot more than being a server at McDonald's or, or doing something at, uh, at uh, Walmart.
2: Oh, well, absolutely.
7: Yeah, it is. I mean, if you want to be a service economy, you've essentially taken the middle class and turned them into the working poor, period. Well, my only job since I got out of prison was um... – a few weeks in,
2: in a vacuum cleaner factory that closed down because the plant closed down. Well, you know, what his, you
7: know what his comment was? Well, they just don't want to work. I don't and want to work you know, my butt. That's exactly what I said. To yeah, you. That's I said, Jew, Jew propaganda. propaganda. Exactly. He's he blinding the Jew. But you know part of the other thing is, is they still have the mentality. Because I was out with these guys this weekend. I went to this. I'm still trying to work on this preacher man here. I went out with them uh, Saturday night with a bunch of these church people. To uh, play men's uh, what is it dodgeball anyhow now I'm all sore from getting hit by the damn ball I was like hmm. a, I was like a damn pinata there getting wailed on but um, they all pretty much think the same way they're they're like one uni- they're, they're as bad as the Jews so the Jews have them all thinking exactly the same way our worst absolute worst worst of worst enemies is the Christians these people that call themselves Christians. Yeah, right. Because they're programmed to be Jews. And, and even worse is the white Christians. I mean, this church is—I don't think there's a single black in it. I, I, and I have not even seen it in Oriental. It's all white. And even if I bring up the issue that uh, I, I, you know, I—I'm—I'm I'm a racist, you know, and, I, and I believe that Israel is all white. <laughs> they, right. They don't even get it. They're hanging by nature. They're hanging around all whites anyhow. I so said, what do you want to do? Invite a booga booga to your congregation? You want to take it and have your kids raped? I, I don't. The whole mentality of this whole thing is so backwards now. Well, that was that Frankfurt School 60s
2: mentality that, that they came out with that, if, that the victim's always to be blamed for the crime,
7: right? Never the perpetrator. If your yeah, kid gets raped, know. your kid must have done something wrong. But even before you. Even before you came across, I don't know how, when your, your CI experience, but even before I came across the CI experience, I knew that it was a bad thing to move manufacturing overseas. Take all your skilled labor and put them on the streets or working at McDonald's. You knew that was a destructive force on your society when no one does anything any, any type of manual labor.
2: Well, right, but it has to be manual labor. You have to, as a society, produce something tangible. You can't just circulate the same few dollars by you selling me insurance and then I sell you a piece of software and, and we, we just take the same money and exchange it back and forth all the time. That don't
7: work. That, that's not an economy. You know, I kind of see that going on right now. I got the, the guy that does the, the my gardening work I was telling you about. He's practically starving to death now because people don't have the money to pay for anything. You right, know, that's the he can't get a single contract. Exactly. That's the first thing like, that goes. or are all
2: those frivolous jobs that people used to hire. You know, that the the, um, the gardener and and the cleaning lady and and those those jobs always go first. The, the ones that aren't entirely necessary.
4: I'm just waiting for the Chinese. Not the Chinese. The Amish will start outsourcing their furniture making to the Chinese. You know, you yeah. a, a good point. You know, their biggest enemy is the churches. In this country, you know, going back to one of the greatest books ever written, *The International Jew* by Henry Ford, you know he specifically said this back in 1922 that, you know, the Jews are going to not, you know, the protocols didn't call for the destruction of the Christian Church; it said, or not the abolish of, to abolish it completely, but to destroy it to the point where it's Judaism. And you know, the, he couldn't have nailed that one bit better on the head than what we got today. You know, and I I, try to tell people, oh, it's not the banks, it's not the media, it's the Christian churches, or I wouldn't call them Christian, the Judaic Christian churches that are the biggest enemy, because if you think about it, the media plays a big part in shaping opinions, but when people think they believe in a God, and a God that tells them that Jews are God's chosen people because of these traitors on the pulpits, that is the most influential thing you can have in a society is control of that. And that was obviously the first things that the Jews took over, you know, eons ago was You know, the churches and such.
7: Well, well, right, the seminaries. Right, Mike? The church people tend to be extremely active. They'll go overseas and they'll help build a church. They'll go overseas. They'll help build a power plant. They'll go overseas and do all this stuff, except they won't help their own brethren in any of the white countries. Bye. We're over there dealing with Mexicans and Kenyans and everything, every mixed breed and, 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 and anything you can find that's an animal, they'll they'll deal with. I even suggested that today. I, I told them, you know, you're talking about going to Mexico again. Well, why don't you go to Iowa or why don't you go to poor West Virginia or do something in your on your own soil? Why does everything have to be an export? And they, they can't figure out that that's propaganda, that they need to go to these places because they've been brainwashed to think that these people are do something from us. The
2: Bible months. tells you to love your brother, your Christian brother. Well, they think that they're
7: their brothers. And, and they, they ignore their brothers right next door. That's that. That's crazy. It is crazy. It's absolutely crazy to me. I I'm astonished.
2: but well, well, the yeah you know having Judeo Christianity is like a Jew that programs your computer, right? A computer's going to think like a Jew. Judeo Christians. Do exactly the bidding of the Jews. It's that they, their computers are programmed by the Jews. Judeo Christians yeah, we... are going to do everything that the Jews want them to, because the Jews more or less purchased Judeo Christianity with Cyrus Schofield and, and James Bullinger,
3: and they've owned it ever since. It's it funny. Oh, oh, sorry, Bruce. Go ahead. Well, it'd be reasonable to say that the uh, image of the beast is the impression, you know, pressing inside of of the mind. In, in forming, you know, forming inside uh, that that image of the beast, where where people gave their power to the beast, where came the most important factor in our lives, and in, in, the, in the, this false uh, Christianity, which is Judaized, um, it it's uh, it almost seems it's well, it's very difficult to break that.
7: Well, I don't think we're going to break it, but it is very frustrating to try to. It just fascinates me. I have another guy I visited, right, a family that I visited right before I went to visit Mike over the Christmas holidays. And he's starting to ask me questions now, and he had a bunch of Alex Jones videos. And I keep telling him it's the Jews. So I went and I watched a little bit of this Alex Jones video today, and I can't even remember the name of it. And he's pointing out some stuff about, I think it's something about the Obama factor or the Obama deception. Yeah, that's it. And it, it, it is amazing that the guy dodges you know if you go even go spot through the video he dodges over and over and over again the Jews and i and i i stressed in my email I, I i sent him to 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 Mike's site to try to get him started on who these Jews really are but it's it's not it's not the new world order it's the Jew world order it's not the bankers it's the Jew bankers no it's not the the military and the international or and the and the, the inter, industrial complex it's the Jew CEOs running uh, the industrial complex and 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 informing the military what to do. They're the heads of everything, and until someone can get that through through their minds, it's it's never going to it's not even going to vaguely change.
5: Well, the biggest issue with that I have with Alex Jones not only is it that he he absolutely uh, does not uh, pinpoint the Jew. What he does do is. He calls it the Anglo-American Empire. And what does that say to you, then? That means it's evil whitey.
7: Well, to some extent, that's true. He just has the wrong evil whitey. Yeah, the evil whitey is the one following the, following the beast. And I think, uh, you know, on, even on Mike's site the, the other day, it was, I was downloading, I know it's not a real popular program, but it's the Yahweh Truths, and on there, uh, they had Pastor Bob on there, and he pinpointed it exactly what's going on right now. It's the whites' love of the things that the Jew does. That's our biggest issue. They just love the Jew.
2: Well, I've been saying for years that the white people are worshiping Satan. Exactly what's going on? It, it is. It's. It, it's. It's. It, it's. But it's exactly what's written in the Bible too. Yeah, well, that's that—that's the worship of the image of the beast to a great extent, right. It, it's not—it's a little more complex than that, and I'll, I'll talk about it at length when I do a revelation program on it in a couple of weeks.
4: Yeah, specifically with that uh, Obama deception film, um, I think I was mad, or somebody said the uh, Anglo-American Empire. Yeah, specifically had Webster Tarpley in that Obama deception video say it, you know, it was the Anglo-American Empire, you know, and it's like, Show me these Anglos. <laughs> Show me these people who running the <laughs> banks
7: and the media. I mean, what's what's their ha- name and their names? And how about Hollywood being run by Arabs? You, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, Alex Jones <laughs> is just a shyster, right? <laughs> Alex
2: Jones is basically running cover for the Jews. That's what he's doing.
3: Well, it, you know, this 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 devil, devil love lock where, where uh, our folks have their lips just crazy glued on the ass of the Jew... Uh, it requires it requires a big bump in the head, not physically, but inwardly, and it, it's a, it requires a huge shock, and that's why we can't be silent. Uh, I, I was I, I was getting dinner tonight, and some white fellow working there. I was telling him about the uh, about the uh, oh, I say you still you still accept this this fake stupid uh, fiat money? And, yeah, we take it. And I. I mentioned uh, I mentioned the 1913 Federal Reserve, and then I brought up, "Hey, do you know uh, you know who the real criminal bastards are? That that princess shit, huh?" I said, "You know the big boys, the big cats, you know the big bosses. You know who they are? They've been uh, deceiving the world for thousands of years." And oh yeah, 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 the the uh, globalists. He goes, uh, "Yeah, yeah, you have to see that." Uh, uh, 911. Uh, what was that movie Burmese made, Mike?
4: Uh, Loose Change.
3: Yeah, he said you gotta see Loose Change. I said shit. The very criminals, the very criminals are are the ones who put the film together because they control the dissent. Huh? I said yeah. Burmese is a Jew. They're Jews.
4: Yeah. Oh, let me. Oh. Yeah. How's say? Let me break it down for anybody who doesn't know the details on the people that the guys that made Loose Change who got. Mind you, over a 100 million views when Google Video, before Google Video acquired, or just when they acquired YouTube, a Google Video was still a prominent video site before they migrated all their video content to their newly bought YouTube. 100 million views, CNN rolled out the red carpet to him in their house up in upstate New York. Jason Burmis came in as a mysterious individual, nobody knows his history, um, and basically took over the leadership of that. You got Corey Rowe, who is... It seems to be a white, you know, Chavez Goy kind of guy that uh, you know they they use as a pawn to say, look, he was in the Afghan War and he's a outspoken, you know, a vet and such. And then you have the the, the person who Rich supposedly started it, and uh, Dylan Avery, who's definitely Jewish. Now these guys put together this film. Dylan Avery had essentially worked at a school or had essentially put the, the beginning together, and like I said, Bur- Burmese came in mysteriously out of nowhere. There's no bio on the guy. But he, they came in together, and they worked on the film and did it in a lab that was owned the school, in a lab in a school that was owned by Larry Silverstein, who owned the towers. Not only that, but they got funding from who, uh, a family out of Ohio called the Deborah Simon family uh, the Simon family, is, uh, they're real big Jewish, uh, wealthy realtors and such, and they're buddies with Larry Silverstein. And then you also had, when they were about to come out with uh, uh, Loose Change 3, the final cut, they were going to be funded by uh, another well-known Jew, Jew who used to own Yahoo. Uh, uh, he owns the Mavericks, sons now, uh, or the Maverick, Houston Mavericks. uh was a Cuba, Mark Cuban. And that, the Cuban family was uh, through their studios, one two two seven or something like that, was going to fund this film to be. Now, mind you, these this film has never identified even Israelis at all, let alone the Jew behind it. Uh, you know, got like I say, got promoted everywhere, and um, yeah, there's there's a lot more other ties that that go together with those guys. You, know, you that,
2: documented this? Is this documented anywhere? Been subverted.
4: You know, it's this the whole entire <laughs> reason the 9/11 issue has been subverted, and specifically a, a, a subverted from the you know I would call the white nationalists, generically the white nationalist scene, or the be CIA, CIA and such, and that's you know that's why they, they've been able to capitalize on it. They spent, I would say at least if not more money and resources covering up 9/11 with their with their controlled descent factions than they ever have even on Holocaust, the holohoax I should call it, so that just goes to show you you know <laughs> just a little piece of it i mean every every single site they that they, they had out there, you know what i mean nine eleven truth dot org nine eleven blogger every single one is jew
2: it was it's just documented, jew, Michael.
4: Yeah, I, I, I got pictures with some of these people. I, I've got pictures where i shaking a lot of their hands back in 06. And well,
2: well, I mean, is there a list of these connections anywhere?
4: Yes, you can actually, I, I've made a, a list of some of the more prominent ones right on this website where you watch my film, 9-11 Missing Links. Uh, if you go to 911missinglinks.com and click the Watch Movie button or the Enter button, right below the actual embedded video, you'll see uh, a section called don't be fooled and it gets into the we are changed to alex jones the nine eleven blogger uh the the guys that made a really prominent film about like, 2 years ago called Core corruption it was this jewish this jewish kid out of colorado was not only jewish but the, his his freemasonry papers came out that he he runs a lodge out there in i believe it's denver or something like that <laughs> and uh yeah he came out to attack my film as a, an anti-semitic racist crap blah 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 i mean this yeah i have it documented on there well,
2: well yeah that's what i mean i, I would like I'm, I'm gonna go looking for that Re- remind me later maybe after the program or something i'd, I'd like to um link to that but that's yeah. th- that's as important
4: as your movie it it truly is and i and i barely and i took a really soft stance when i was putting the movie together to identify the controlled descent aspect Like i did in a, one of the final chapters of the film where i said it makes you wonder why the other films have gotten so much press and have never identified who is behind 911
2: Oh, of course. You know, that's the door Open
4: for people to see that, but you know, I've, up recently I've made it a lot more specific with that article right under the movie itself. So
7: yeah, that's a lot. That's just as important as your movie, as far as I'm concerned. Well, what's funny okay. about this is um, is uh, Eric Huffschmidt was the one who kind of started this whole. He, I, I think he was the one that did he, didn't he give you the the clue on this to begin with, Mike? I mean, he's yeah.
4: A lot of people bash him because he had a, I'll, I'll be quite honest with, with his scenario, because a lot of people, oh, he's a Jew, or he's married to a Jew. His sister's are married to Rupert Murdoch's son, who owns News Corp and Fox News. Yes, it is true, his half-sister, that they were split up in five. The the, the the dad came in and married his mom. It was different fathers they had. And the daughter ended up going off, and and they didn't know each other for a long time. And he ended up exposing this aspect himself on his own website. Nobody actually did the footwork and the investigative research to say, "Hey, your your sister that you haven't seen in you know 30 years is married to Rupert Murdoch's son." So obviously that was a you know a big bash, took him down. But to be quite frankly, and, and if I don't, I don't want to stick up too much for the guy because there's a lot of stuff on his site that I absolutely completely disagree with, but I will give him the credit to being one of the founding fathers for exposing 9-11 i mean he was the original person that put out a film he was the one that when he started learning about the holocaust later on after he figured out jews are behind 9-11 he started talking about the holocaust he started figuring this out and he just got bashed by all the 9-11 bigwigs out there and they used all his information off his first video painful deceptions but um yeah he's was the one that initially started making it making it clear back in 05 and 06 he says look everybody in this 9-11 movement is jewish and he goes, there's no wonder why, you know, so with that trio that he worked with, you know, n- none of them are together, at obviously, at this point in time, but uh, Bolin and, and DBS out of the I Am Witness site, who's a straight clown, but, um, you know, he was able to put all these links together, and obviously, I was doing my own little research and figuring these things out, too, as well, so.
7: It is kind of amusing that he, he would point out, he, he was saying everybody's a Jew, and then, and then... You think he was nuts and a couple months later it indeed turned out that they were. <laughs> it was becoming yeah, but, fascinating.
4: Yeah, he took it too far sometimes though. Like, I mean well he, here's here's a big thing he did that kind of chopped his feet he chopped his own legs off on is he started calling basically everybody that was in like a white nationalist movement Jews, like Dave Irving and Kevin McDonald and I mean David Duke. I mean you name anybody that was at at all in and the reason for this is, and this, this guy is a very, like, suspicious. He's almost got a, a sense of paranoia to him. That's probably a little bit more extreme than it needs to be. But the reason that he started basically going off into left field a little further with everybody's a Jew stuff is because he initially started figuring out early on in oh two and oh three, you know, because he was on the ball from almost the get-go of 9-11, that, hey, the white nationalist scene should love this information showing that the Jews were behind 9-11. And he went to all of them. He's like, look, I got this information that's systematically documented. You you know, you're free to use this work. And they all just says, no, it's the ragheads. The ragheads did it. It's Al-Qaeda. It's Al-Qaeda. And to this day, you'll see still half of the, I'd say probably maybe a third to a half now. And, and you know, no, probably thanks a lot to the film I put together and, and spread all over places like Stormfront and VNN and such. It's, well, nah, not even VNN. VNN. Some of their members promoted Missing Links, but they still on their directory hold the Loose Change film as the 9-11 film to watch. Uh, same with the blacks and Jews website. They go, look, it, it wasn't Arabs that did 9-11, it was the white man, and it's just like dumbasses. Anyway, so um, he went to them very early on and thought, man, this is the perfect group. They would probably want to jump all over. This is the Achilles heel to the Jew right now. It's, it's hot. And uh no, nobody wants nobody wanted to hear it. And, you know, he he went through the nine eleven truth movements about the Jews doing they didn't want to hear it. And he 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 basically got, you know, turned away from everybody at, at that point. So
3: Well the yid the, the the little kike yid in in uh who was in charge of nine eleven truth, Michael Berger, uh almost sucked me into uh using that nine eleven <coughs> bus at his uh you know, Green Party get-together about corporate, you know, the corporate mongrels. And, uh, well, it was Eric who warned me and told me he's a Jew. And I said, what's a Jew? Because, you know, I didn't know. And yeah. I, got, uh, <laughs> I actually got a picture with that guy.
4: Who's, <laughs> what's I, a I, Jew? I, I, <laughs> Yeah, that Mike Berger guy I met in July of 06 at an Alex Schoen conference in L.A., and I was sitting there talking to the guy, you know, because he's like, I'm from 9-11 Truth, and I'm the media coordinator for this organization. And I, and I took a picture of him, like, oh, cool, you know, this is awesome. And I, and I was going to help him myself with uh, basically sub-networking uh, different states, kind of like a We Are Change group where we would um, be able to run 9-11 Truth for Wisconsin or, you know, 9-11 Truth for Minnesota and such, and, I had you know volunteered at that point in time, never followed through on it, but yeah, that, that I met that punk too.
3: <laughs> well, he flies. He you know he flew his film, "Improbable Collapse," all over the country, and and he was like set up in like big Hollywood theaters and the debut and all over the country, and he he's a scrap collector, you know, a little kike that. And all of them, all of the big major players in the, the uh, behind 9/11 are all Jews or Jew Jewish sympathizers, and it's very rare to find someone who's who's wise to the tricks of the devil, what what the devil's up to. And uh, I was one of them, who was stupefied, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it takes a lot of energy to come out of that. I can't be half-hearted about it. And I want to thank you, Mike, for that it wasn't until I watched 9-11 Missing Links and uh, Bill and confirming the historical and scriptural things that brought to light things that, you know, to understand that you can have a perfect hatred and uh, perfect benevolence uh, for your own kinsfolk. And they all, it all fits together like you know, we made created it to. But if he's not building a house and making ourselves in vain. But I just want to thank you, Bill, and Mike, to not kissing your ass or anything. Oh, don't have to thank me. Oh, if you
2: thank, go, go thank RV Wolfpack. That's why you found me, isn't it? Uh, I'm
3: kidding. <laughs> oh, no.
7: Well. <laughs> I had to get RV that. Wolfpack. <laughs> RV Wolfpack. Better pull out that Kool-Aid lipstick. <laughs>
6: I had a question. I don't remember what... You're too young to do that. Forget? Yeah. Well, I forgot. You guys are talking about this political and government stuff, and I was like, okay, well, I'll wait, and then I just forgot.
2: Well, it's part of life. I mean, I know it's boring, but we got to do it once in a while.
5: Well, and it does, you know, it does kind of go hand in hand. We do need to kind to at least try to keep tabs on, on what's going on, but we can't let it rule our lives because, you know, we're supposed to be coming out of that crap anyway.
2: Absolutely.
6: Well, I wasn't saying that it was bad. Like, I got confused a couple times, but it's nice to learn new things.
7: You know, I'd like, can... like, like to see Sorry. one of these preacher men come back. And I thought we had Gray Howard. Now he seems is, is that who it was Uh, that is off with Eli now?
4: Yeah. Right, guys, I had to step away Wait for
7: a minute here. I'm back. Yeah, I, I I I was always hoping to get a preacher, man, because if you can get one preacher, man, you can probably get a few converts in a church. But well, well, you know something and and I wish he was here. I really do. I
2: I um there's some people I, I don't know they found me through Matt. I'm guessing on, on Facebook and and they've been coming here and and you'll see a woman here named Cammy. But I, I guess she had a real bad connection. Michael, that's great. I'm glad you got a new headset. I hope you got a better connection where you are. Well, well Cami has a um, she, she has a Bible college degree, okay. But her father, and she's a married woman and she has children. But her father is. Um, 30 years. I think a Baptist or an evangelical minister or something. I don't know. 30 years. And and he was watching Steve Quayle. He was listening to Steve Quayle one night, and, and just for entertainment purposes, I guess. And, and Steve Quayle ran his mouth about something. Now, now, we know half of what Steve Quayle talks about is just bunk. But Steve Quayle ran his mouth about something, and, and and this guy Don checked him out and saw that he was right. And it just opened his eyes, and and he started investigating, and and he's two seed line identity now. He understands that For thirty years, he, he he was screwing up. He he knows it full well. It's it's amazing sometimes. Well, when Yahweh calls somebody to open their eyes, it, it's amazing what can happen. And and I, I spoke to Dan. On, on the phone last week for about two hours, and and it, we had a real good conversation. But um, it, it's amazing, and and him and his daughter now are, are um, full-fledged 2 seed line identity that they they understand the whole story. It's it's incredible. Annie was here; she she kept disconnecting, and I guess she just got tired of it. Uh, I don't. They're down south. Maybe she has that satellite or something that Gerald has. But um, but uh, when the weather's bad, it's bad, right?
7: Just getting a few whites to to recognize the message is one thing, but if you can get a preacher man, that's another story. That's that's really rare. I mean, well, he
2: is, yeah, You know, Greg is a um. Well, Greg is Eli's towel boy now. That, that's what I have to call him. I mean, that's call. I'm just calling it the way I see it. Greg is Eli's towel boy, but but um, Greg is yeah. You know, he he's um. I thought his eyes were completely open, and and maybe he's just lulled to sleep somehow. But um, he's, I mean, he's a great guy, but he's just, maybe he's too nice of a guy. I don't know. Well, well Greg is um, a Bible college graduate, and, and I think he was ordained, but he didn't re- really, you know, have his own church and his own congregation, uh, from what I think, um, Greg told me. But and And he worked in the pharmaceutical industry for 18 years, right, in pharmaceutical sales. Until he lost his job. Well, well, anyway, Greg isn't, yet. you know, on Spears is, um, that this gentleman that, that I met on Facebook, he, he's um, 30 years of a, he he was a Bible-thumping preacher for 30 years. It was his Bible inside and out. He just didn't know the story <laughs> until Yahweh hits the switch. That's the way it is. And that's the way it is with anybody.
7: Well, Paul was in hollows. Who was the one that Paul straightened out? Oh, I don't know. There were a bunch of them. Yeah, but there was one that was specifically mentioned by Nax. I think someone will probably throw down in the cha- chat room.
3: I'm, I'm one of them.
5: <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. I'd like to think that there's going to be uh, some more following uh, Cammy in here. Um, I noticed Don is is now um, he's he's posting your Christagenia link on on Facebook now, and it's I told you there's there's people who are uh, who it's it's starting to spread like wildfire really I, i'll you know i'll click on facebook and go to the home page and there's like two links to christ christagenia and the news feed from people you know it's also and, surprising and at this
4: moment i'd like to i'd like to take a second out to advise everybody if you'd like to call in any other of these radio shows like the alex Jones or whatever radio show you might listen to even locally call in and then drop the website john com. Uh-huh. Which is a great website title, by the way, and it'll go straight to Bill's web Infusion and how to spell the website. And, and as soon as they get to it, the actual domain name will pop up in in the in the title bar. So, again, if you'd like to call into the radio shows, whether they're patriotard shows or, or local AM radio shows or whatever, and drop the John844.com to send them to Bill's website, please do go ahead and let's uh let's get the message out there.
5: Is that a, a link that you set up there, Mike?
2: Yeah, and it's a yeah. lot
5: easier to spell,
4: right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a domain I hadn't done anything with, and it's, it was a cool domain name, but um, I just I had too much on my plate, and I decided to point it over to uh, Bill's And uh, I didn't use masking either, so like I said, as soon as you actually go to that website, it pops up org in the in the address bar right away, so it removes the John eight four four on them, and that way they know what the actual site is too.
2: That's pretty good, Michael. How you doing? Can you talk to
8: us? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good.
2: I'm just oh, uh, wrong, Michael. That's that's okay. How you doing, Boxar? Oh,
8: okay. Oh, sorry.
2: <laughs> well, well, how you doing?
8: Hey, <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm just sitting here uh uh learning how to wear my seatbelt while while you guys are chatting there.
2: Wow, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> You know, in New York, that's a hundred dollar ticket, right?
8: Man, it, here, man, it's like it's like three hundred bucks.
2: Wow, I thought
8: New York was
2: heavy. <laughs> I should keep my, I, mean, I should have kept my mouth shut. <laughs> there
3: must be wow. a lot of Jews. There must be a lot of Jews moving down to Texas. Man, man I, I
8: couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Just to, like I had to, I had to pay like uh, pay the court like a hundred twenty bucks, and then and then it was another. Another ninety dollars to take their dumb class, and uh, it'd be like three hundred. I don't know, three hundred and thirty to pay the dumb ticket. Just pay it off, right? Just wear your seatbelt.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I know yeah, it's PA. It's a hundred fifty dollar fine.
4: You know, speaking of crazy laws, you guys know you've ever seen on a, on a soda can or or a beverage bottle, and it'll say the the states that give like a five cent or ten cent refund. Michigan, you know, where, I'm, where I live, not right now, but where I have a house, um, is a 10-cent refund on a can. But if you return a can from, say, a different state, it's five years in prison for every can out of state as a new charge for a 10-cent refund.
3: Yeah. Wow. That's, that's not a law. That's not a law. Tell them to shove that up their ass. It's communism.
6: <laughs> that's if they can catch you.
3: That's that's just straight from that, that's Lucifer's fairy tale, man. That, that's that's weird. That's a that's yeah, well, a Jew. You'd be
5: surprised how they catch you. I mean, <laughs> you know my story. I mean, I'm looking at sixty days in jail because they just pulled my ass right off the highway.
6: We do it all the time. That's not a law.
3: Well, you, I, I know you can say it is, but <laughs> that's so ridiculous. That's it's asinine.
7: Well, the problem is, is, we have police that are enforcing this. You know, it gets to the point where you have absolutely no sympathy if these guys get shot in the head.
3: Right.
7: Oh, well, that's that's absolutely true, and the cops have full
2: power. It, they they have full power over what laws they should enforce and what laws they won't.
8: Oh, you want to know? The, you want to know the kicker, though? The 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 trooper that pulled me over was a was a Mexican in full cowboy regalia pulled over, pulled me over and gave slapped it to me, you know. I was, was thinking about saying, Man, you know, don't don't you have like a you know, cracking a joke or something like something about, you know you know, don't you don't you guys have sombreros or something like that or you know, I thought you know, but man, it just it was a Mexican trooper that pulled me over, I mean, to add insult to injury. You know, there's not much I could – Texas is gone, you know.
2: I got the same kind of story in the mail today from somebody else, right? Well, let me see if I could find it. I'm not going to find it. I get way too many emails.
7: Well, when you, could print, when you could go to court in California for speeding, I used to go every single time, and I would keep on going and keep it in the court for as long as possible. I'll tell you what, those cops would lie and lie and lie and lie and lie. I only had, in all the times I went in there for speeding tickets or stop sign or some ridiculous thing, I only had one cop tell the truth once. All the rest of them were liars.
4: Yeah, my buddy Dan, I was just down there. He got pulled over down here in North Carolina. And he said he was at most doing like 65, and his daughter even had noticed it was, it was 55. 55 was speeding, he was doing 65. And the cop said he gave him a ticket for doing
7: eighty. <laughs> I got a speeding like... ticket for not even speeding. How do you like that one? It wasn't even physically possible to get to the speed he told me I, I was at before I had to make a left-hand turn. I went from the right side of the road to the left-hand of the right side of the road. <laughs> because they're, they're, no one, the the, uh, the judge doesn't fight anything the police says at all. Oh, well, you know that if you've been to court, they just don't they don't care. They just whatever the policeman says is fact. Whether they have a second witness or not, and whatever you say is a lie. Glittle. Although uh, the motorcycle ticket was true. Tammy just sent me a message. She couldn't. She has HughesNet. She has a
2: HughesNet satellite service, and every time she connected, she disconnected, and she'd been trying for 45 minutes, and she gave up. I don't blame her. It's a shame, but. <laughs> California, Michael, how you doing? Michael, Michael gave up on me.
5: No, he says I can hear but not talk. I was getting ready to uh, see if I can send him a, uh, you know, a couple pointers here.
3: Bye.
7: Okay, Michael, we'll get you soon. He might have to come get out of uh, uh, Teamspeak and come back in again.
2: Right, if you plug your
7: microphone, your headset in, and then
2: tried to talk, that ain't gonna work, Michael. You gotta get out of Teamspeak and come back with with your headset plugged in already.
7: And then check your volume control. Close all the volume controls and then reopen it again. I can't find this email I got today.
3: We have a Kumri here, too. I haven't seen Kumri. Right. Kumri's from the
2: great Pacific. I'll I'll call it the Pacific Northwest. How you doing, Kumri?
3: He looks like an all-white guy. All-white man. (laughs) Yeah, he's a good guy. Always great to see new people. Well, what uh, teaching letter are you on this time, Clifton? One hundred and...
5: it's darn close one sixty now, I think, isn't it?
2: Oh, you don't have to thank me, Conroy. You don't have to thank anybody to have you here. Anybody here from Victor Switzer? <laughs> not time. Nope. He's all right.
5: Yeah, no kidding. I just realized he's not here. Still, haven't seen him in a week. Hey, sleeping Jews, bye.
3: Hello. Yeah. So this 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 uh, young fellow in the uh, restaurant, or the where I ordered my food, he says. Uh, after I said, yeah, Jews control the descent. And so they make all these films to do damage control because they did—they were all in and behind 9-11. And he goes, oh, you're an anti-Semite. And I say, there you go, rattling off the devil's little buzzword. They're not even Shemitic. They're Canaanites, Edomites, Kenites. They're what the Old Testament refers to as uh, the the Kenizzites, Kenites. I wrote down 911missinglinks.com. You go there and you watch this video. Okay. Okay. Anti-Semite. Anti-Semite. Tell them you're not an
2: anti-Semite. You're an anti-antichrist. Real simple.
3: Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I told them in other words. The Semitic people are the white folks. So why the white Christians founded this country. Not the Jews. Oh, well, the Jews have done so much for this country. I said, yeah, what? Destroy it? <laughs> but, uh... Uh, his name's Jerry. No, Fred, I'm sorry. So, say, okay, Fred, I'm going to talk to you next time I come in here. You watch that. Michael, California
2: Michael, We'll get your microphone straightened out somehow. Everybody here has a technical hurdle coming here. Most people do anyway.
6: I didn't.
3: Yeah, Michael, go to settings.
2: Every time, time I say that, Jewel reminds me she didn't have one.
6: Go to, set-
3: <laughs> go to settings and then options and then uh, switch on your microphone headset. To uh, playback and audio and microphone capture device. Capture, capture
2: device. Yeah. Check your capture device in settings and in options, and and click on capture over in a right hand, over on the left hand side, and and then look at
7: capture device and see what it's set to. Hey Bill, when you head down this way, you're going to come down here with that beanie cap on and those dark sunglasses and beard. That's not a beanie cap. It just looks like a
2: beanie cap because I got a big head. <laughs> <laughs>
7: You saying you have a fat head, yeah, did I you
4: admit' say Bob it. Is an oversized yarmulke? <laughs>
2: <laughs> thanks. My son left. I can't blame him he he won he insisted on taking the picture and telling me I needed a new um a, a new avatar. didn't like the other one i'm I'm gonna put the other one back.
6: Why didn't you shave before you let him take that picture?
2: I shave about four times a year, whether I need it or not, maybe. I don't like to shave. I don't have anybody to impress. I, I don't have a date. I, I don't have a wife. I don't have not Dog. It looks like,
6: it looks like you pa- can hide eggs in your beard.
2: Dog probably likes me better. Nah. Bruce's beard, you could hide the whole damn chicken. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> My beard's not even close to hiding an egg in.
6: Bruce is going for the Grizzly Adams Award.
3: Anna, some some strange woman woman just said, that's quite an impressive beard. She said, why are you growing it and i I was about to tell her about well, why are you growing boobs? <laughs> <laughs> I think I shaved I the first week of right? december the first week of
2: December I shaved. I'll not do again until at least April.
3: I used a little discretion and didn't say that.
4: yeah, Grizzly Adams wish he had a beard like Grizzly's
3: yeah true. well there's there's this uh Englishman who drives a truck where where I work, and uh his name's Max. And he, oh, he has an English accent and all, you know. And he has a beard like mine. And and I said, hey, hey, are you privy to what's going on in Europe and the white countries and what's that? And I said, well, you know, you know who's behind all this multicultural BS and diversity and all this immigration of uh, into flooding our countries, right? Uh, who who would that be? I said, well, you know what a kike is, right? And he just kind of like jumped back and. I was driving by him. I said, well, I'll, I'll talk to you later about it because I had to get going. And I was looking at him, and he was looking at me wagging his head back and forth.
5: <laughs> Sounds oh. like it would make for a great five-minute conversation there, Bruce.
3: Well, you got to break up the follow ground, right?
2: The only thing I hate about my beard is that it promotes diversity. It's white, brown, and yellow.
6: How <laughs> my hair? Mm-hmm. I dye it too much. Hey,
9: you guys, am I coming in okay? Yeah. Yes, sir? Yeah, I think I figured it out on this IDTHD soundboard with the black background. I don't have a clue what I'm doing, so I'm just clicking device mic and it must be working okay. Loud and clear, loud clear loud Michael.
4: Good, Michael.
5: That's been a while.
9: Yeah, real quick, let's give you guys just about a half a minute background. After I uh, got hurt, they tried to attach my pension and my disability for uh, medical expenses that the insurance company didn't want to pay. So social Security, and my attorney came in and went to social Security. I filed the paperwork and think uh the Yahweh, they discharged everything, so i have just now been able to get on my feet financially the last three weeks and able to get my computer back up and uh so it's been kind of a trial, but I'm doing great. I'm going haven't taken any any pills for almost thirteen months. Oh, that's great! And so, the other thing is, Bill. I, I had no idea that you and Brother Eli kind of had a parting of the ways. I'm just, I'm just devastated to hear that.
2: Well, well you know, a lot of people were upset with that, but um, it, it had to be because Eli has um come off the message to seek a wider tent, and well, I can't come off the message. That 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 just isn't going to do.
9: Well, Bill, what do you mean, what, seek a wider tent? I mean, is he needing finances? Because if he's going to the uh, kind of like the seeker-friendly position, like a lot of the kingdom teachers teach, you know, there is, uh, it can be more lucrative. And I just didn't think that he would go that, that way.
2: Well, well, yeah, you know, I I I guess that's where he's going. That seems to be um, the way he's headed.
9: <laughs> do you guys still... Talk. I mean, does he call? you? No, we don't
2: together? speak it. It's um, I I believe that it, it's my opinion that he engineered this to make a complete break. That's my opinion. Now, now I posted on it and and um, and I sent him emails to that effect, and they have not been refuted. I see. I just want. I'm gonna I'm gonna post two things in in the chat, right? Two links. One is on the discussion pages in my site. Looking for it.
9: Does he still hold to the two seed line uh, uh, position?
2: Well, well, yeah, but he's trying to take the seed out of it. Really? Yes. He well, well, he made it. He made a um, a statement on a program that he did with with Brian that that if somebody is ten or fifteen percent Jewish and, and still white, he he said if if a white person is ten or fifteen percent Jewish. And, and Brian said, "But hold it, if somebody's 115 fifteen percent Jewish, they're not white, but uh, Brian really had them running and and um well well that's that that um link there that that anatomy of a split, the anatomy of my split with Eli James is um on Christagenia in my discussion pages and and that is um my the viewpoint concerning the split and and why it had to happen, right and I'm gonna post another link." Here, and in this link, I have, um, I'm looking for it, I, I have three recordings. And, and one of the recordings is a program I did in response to a program that Eli had done with Greg Howard, where he basically came out of the closet as a universalist. Uh, I mean, I have no doubt, and I'm going to get you that that, um, that link in a second, as soon as I can find it.
9: Okay, I'm writing it down. I'm copying it down so I can go to your site and get to it when I get time.
2: The other one is an open letter to Eli James from Victor Switzer. And I, I made a... um. You might want to read the whole thread, but I made a post in the thread with links to three audio files. Now, two of these audio files are Eli's, and, and I didn't make them say the things in these audio files. But to me, being a... um. Well, what I consider to be a hardcore straight 2 seed line believer, to, to me these, these are anathema, right? That they're just, e, e, many of Eli's statements in these audios in his programs are absolute anathema. And there it is.
7: It's because of the vitamin D deficiency. Right.
5: And it all really started, Michael, when, uh, when Eli decided to publish his Beast of the Field papers.
2: Well, oh, right, that was the culmination of it. That's when it started publicly. But Eli published a beast of the field paper on his site that misrepresents my position, misrepresents Clifton's position. He, he redefines the argument. He sets up straw man arguments and argues against them. And, and I tried to warn Eli two months before he published the paper of all of these problems with it, and he just ignored my warning and published the paper anyway.
9: Well, Bill, did he say, does he say that the beasts of the field are just strictly only four-legged uh, <clears throat> animals? But
2: Well, no. He, well, well, he starts out by saying that the other races are the beasts of the field in Genesis, but he ends up having them judged by their works in Revelation. That, that's where he really goes wrong.
9: Okay, that's how uh, James Bergerman teaches it. But Well,
2: right, and, and it's just wrong. It's not scriptural. If you, end up, if you start out with beasts, how can you end up with, with nations of men to be judged by their deeds? How is that possible?
3: This right, is all, the, all contradictory. The, all the trees of the field shook out in their hands,
2: not the beasts. <laughs> if they're beasts of the field, Michael, in the Old Testament, and the Word of God doesn't change, if they're beasts of the Old Testament, what are they in the New Testament?
9: Well, they're beasts and brute do- beasts and dogs. Well, well, absolutely. They're still beasts. So how do
2: you judge them as nations of men by their works and, and grant them salvation, which is what EY is now doing? That's the way he's gone. And and he could go there, but he can't go there with me. Right.
9: But, Bill, would you still say that those in the Congo of the Migroid, God didn't want us laying with those beasts? But Well, you know something, Michael? When, when beast is used of two-legged creatures
2: in the Old Testament, it's not used as a biological term. It's used as a pejorative.
9: I got it. Thanks.
2: And Eli's trying to make a biological term out of it when it's a pejorative.
9: But thanks for clarifying that. I didn't know how to explain it, but that makes perfect sense. That helps. Okay. Thanks. I'm going to go. I'm going to be back. I'll be listening to you guys. But, I'll but be- Well, Michael, it's really great to see you and have you here.
2: And, and a lot of people missed you. You know, I know you've had problems and... and um. I wish that we could all help, but we can't even help ourselves. Most of us.
9: <laughs> no, I'm doing fine financially. I just now got. I'm getting my back pay that they tried to garnish. I'm getting all that back, so I'm doing okay money wise. I just exercising. You know, I walk at least a mile a day. I had total paralysis on my right leg. Thank the Lord, I'm, I'm pretty much for wow. my right leg. It's totally functional. Uh, it's just, you know, the trials and tribulations of this damn economic system we live in. I mean, they got, you, they got me by the short hairs, whether, no matter what I do, because I only got two incomes. there's just a little pension and my disability, and they know that I'm vulnerable. Right, it's terrible. Absolutely. You know, I do the best I can, and I just couldn't afford it. thats I didn't mean to leave you guys hanging, but I learned so much with you, Bill. I'm glad you clarified that on the beast, though, because you're right. If they don't understand it beyond a biological sense. A lot of the seed line positions, they interpret it just to be the blacks, you know. And I, I, I couldn't. I needed your clarification on that.
2: Well, that's what it is. It has to be. It's a, it's a pejorative. It's its a um, an, an allegorical term used in a disparaging way.
9: Right, so if we read Exodus 23 and it talks about a man or a woman lying with a beast, we know oh, right. he's, talk- he's still talking about. Two legged beast, talking- right. He's talking about a two legged beast, like the picture you put on that, uh, I think it's the New Insight, and there's a picture of a guy that, his arms are like five feet long.
2: Oh yeah, that that guy. Yeah, right. I know who you mean. You're talking about that Basu ape man. <laughs> yeah, but I mean,
9: is that real or did somebody just? Did oh, that's a that? real picture.
2: That 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 really is a real picture.
9: Now that would be
2: considered a beast, right? Oh, absolutely, uh, no doubt. Okay, but we got to let the. And, and you out. know, I'm not lying. I, I'm not. You're gonna think I'm crazy, but I've seen Negroes look really close to this guy. Maybe not quite there. <laughs> but really, really close. Uh, I'm telling her God's honest truth.
9: Hey, Bill, I'm swallowing my tuna back and knocking off.
2: Now now y'all got to find the link. I've seen this guy hanging out on West Side Avenue in Jersey City, I swear.
9: Oh, man. You You
5: know, Michael, you sound good, too. I mean, it's been a while since I've heard you, and and, uh, you're sounding a lot better, too.
9: Well, I I appreciate that, you guys. I mean, I have missed you. I just had a lot on my plate, and uh, spiritually, mentally, and physically, I'm doing good. And finally, my bank account about two weeks ago finally caught up with itself. Ain't much, but it works.
6: Yeah. Oh my you know, god, this
9: biggest. is a real picture. I, I I'm telling you it's a real picture and
2: I've seen that guy <laughs> hanging out in Jersey City a few times, I swear. <laughs> I, think I had him in my jail a few times back in the day.
9: Mm-hmm. But Bill, we still can have the liberty to to understand Exodus twenty three, even if it's used in principle allegorically. We could still say that Yahweh was saying, "Don't lay with something. A woman's not to lay with something like that." Correct?
2: Well, well right. You know, yeah. You know, first I don't see a problem with people having um, sexual relations with sheep and goats. But it, it, Clifton likes to say this. If you think about it, that the sheep and the goats they don't lay down. They don't lay down to have sex. They stand up.
9: <laughs> right, but I mean, when we see in each 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 context, like it says, the beast shall repent, sackcloth and ashes. In another place in Exodus, when God's testing Pharaoh, those ten chapters, He says the beast to go into his own house.
2: Well, right, but you know something? You, you know when um. When when those terms, all right, the the che of the field in Genesis, the beast of the field is the word che, right? That Eli is trying to say are the the two-legged beasts that were created. That's the word che. But everywhere you see the term beast of the field used as a pejorative where it's talking about people like the woman that lies with the beast shall die or, or the beast of the field in Jonah that has to repent. Everywhere it appears, that word is not che; it's behemoth. Eli's biological identification falls apart right there.
9: Well, shouldn't Eli be using, interpreting each text with consistently?
2: Right. Well, well, Eli
9: has an agenda, Michael. I can't believe that. It's hard for me to comprehend that. I thought he was of a, uh, you know, pure motive. Well, anybody that has an agenda is going to be
2: um, contradictory and talk out of both sides of his mouth concerning the the items that he has the agenda about. And if you listen to those two programs, the the three programs I just linked on my forum, right? Don't even listen to the middle one. That's my my irate response to Eli's first one. But if you listen to the first one and the third one on that forum post, you'll see that, um, that, did I post a link in the forum? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you will see that Eli has dodged all over the place on a race issue, especially in the third one. But when he said that Canaanites could be saved, Mexicans could go back and live, Canaanites could go back and and live where they were created. Canaanites weren't created, they're bastards, come on. And, And... Mexicans can go back to Mexico and Chinese people can go back to China and we're all going to be one big happy family and sing Kumbaya. He may as well have said that. He, he basically um, came out of the closet as a universalist, and, and this is why. And, and this, th- this one statement won't be on that on, on that tape. But if you listen to the Yahweh's Covenant People programs. From 1-7 and one twenty one, January 21st, you'll hear Eli define salvation as preservation in this life, okay? So if Eli defines salvation as preservation in this world, and then two weeks later he says that after the second coming, Chinese people can go back to China or Mexican people can go back to Mexico. He's in essence saying that they could be saved, right? And, and when he said it about Canaanites, and when he tried to redefine on, on Sword Brethren's program on January 30th, Eli actually tried to redefine white as being you know, 10 or 15% Jewish. And every time he got caught during these two programs and, and in the aftermath, he just said, oh, I didn't mean that, I meant to say this. And, and the January 23rd program I really threw a fit about, that's the first of the, those recordings in that forum post. That program, he, he made all prepared statements. He prepared that program for presentation. And he would, that was no slip of the tongue when he said that Canaanites could, could go back and live where they were created. That, that's no slip of the tongue. He prepared that statement in advance. Now when he did the Sword Brethren interview on january thirtieth, he was all over the map and doing a lot of dodging and sidestepping, but that was not a prepared program. But that showed to me that showed the things of his heart. And, and this is a man that um, you know, perceives himself to be a pastor, he's sixty something years old, he claims that he studied. Well well then then you shouldn't have a a problem and have a young man like Sword Brethren chase you all over the all over the, <laughs> the universe, which is basically what Sword Brethren did. Sword Brethren didn't pull any punches in any in the interview, Asked them some hard questions, you know, direct-to-the-point questions to try to make Eli establish his position on race, and Eli did nothing but sidestep and evade and, and dance around.
9: Now, that clarifies it. I'm just shocked. I did not realize... I, I almost wonder if Eli really did this on purpose, or if something or someone got him sucked into it the last six, eight months. Because before, you guys were flowing like butter, man. It was Everybody looked forward to listening to TalkShoe. Well, right, but what can I say? I can't work with a universalist.
2: And I can't work with somebody that's academically dishonest. And if you read Eli's Beast of the Field paper, he starts out <laughs> defining the argument properly that Clifton would say that there were certain... And and Clifton proved Eli to be a liar. Clifton sent Eli um, outtakes from Clifton's own teaching letters, where Clifton says, yes, there were other races here before Adam. That's where Cain got his wife from, blah, 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 blah. But that don't mean that Yahweh created them. And that's the argument, whether Yahweh created them. Now, Eli started out in his Beast of the Field argument, defining that argument properly. And after about six or eight paragraphs, Eli started to change the argument and put words into Clifton's mouth and set up basically what were straw man arguments to make Clifton look ridiculous. And I warned Eli that that his paper was academically dishonest and he didn't heed my warning. He ignored me and he went ahead with it anyway, which is really upset me. It's
9: blatant academic
2: dishonesty and, and I can't stand for it.
9: Yeah. I got Eli's notes on that, where Eli started contrasting between Che and Beema and how Beema in each context could be used as, as two-legged, where Che is used strictly as animals. Well, you know something, Che, the
2: Septuagint translators had basically two choices to translate Che when, when they translated that word into Greek. And, and the two choices are Katane, and this is what EY has, has tried to claim on his, on his program, that these are the beasts of the field, the other races that are domesticated, and, and they plant our crops and, and harvest our fields, right? That, that's, yeah, you know, we have been working on our farms. That's what EY came out and said with his own mouth on a recent program. And, and um, I think maybe on that program from January 23rd. Well, anyway, if you look at the way the Septuagint translators treated the word che, three times they translated the word katene. Now, a katene is a domesticated cattle in Greek, right? Like an ox would be a katene, right? And 200 times at least they translated the word into. Thayer, or Theria, right? A Thayer is a wild beast. A Thayer is a gorilla, or, or a cheetah, or a tiger. That's a Thayer. And, and they almost, 90, I would say 98% of the time translated that word in, into Thayer, and not into Katene. Only three times in the and it appears as Katene, out of well over 200 occurrences.
9: See that that makes sense. See he's did Eli did the same thing Alan Campbell did.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Alan, Pull the bait Alan, and switch.
9: Yeah, well Alan Campbell misses Bima and Shay as one domestic and, and could and it says it could be non domestic. And then Alan Campbell says Bima of course always always represents the uh 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 two legged But then Alan Campbell will go back and say Che has to be interpreted in the context. Then he'll say Che can mean two-legged.
2: Well, well, Eli and Alan Campbell are both full of shit, and that's because, first, they ignore Behemoth. In in Alan Campbell's Beast of the Field video, I've got it on the Saxon Messenger site. He basically ignores Behemoth and goes around pointing out a lot of instances of Behemoth and saying that the word came from Che, and it didn't and and Clifton caught him on that that's posted on Clifton's website and and I posted Clifton's paper on that on on my Saxon messenger site that that's the former New Ensign, right i changed the name that that's due to another falling out over the same exact issue okay that that's over the same exact issue that falling out well well anyway um half the people in britain are, actually two thirds of the people in britain are on 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 board with me and understand and and and, and um Gentleman, that was putting together the new insign is on board with Eli, and and we've um, split on that issue also, <coughs> but that's okay. It, it's the Saxon Messenger now. If you don't have an issue, you should go to the site. There's two two issues posted of it so far, and and the third one will be out first week of March, I pray. Well, well, anyway, the um. The second reason why Eli and Campbell are both full of shit is because when beast of the field applies to people, it's simply a pejorative. It's like, we call niggers animals, okay? We call niggers animals all the time. Now, <laughs> now we ourselves need the technical definition of an animal, just like we need the technical definition of a che, a living thing, right? But we call right. them animals in a disparaging way, as a pejorative, because basically that's what they are, right? It's how they act.
9: Absolutely. <laughs> I
2: witnessed it. And that's when, when you see beasts of the field in the Bible spoken about in, in a way that it seems to be inferring people, while well, well, the word is used as a pejorative of the non-Adamic peoples. Exactly, I, I just I'm just. And that's because there's nothing better to call them in the
9: Bible. I understand that, Bill. It's just a damn shame that you and Eli, for a long, long time, were like brothers, man. I mean, things just you know went pro level. I got all of your archives downloaded. It's been about four months, so I've I've lost a little bit of my memory on a lot of the stuff, but I have uh, Clifton's notes. And you're bringing a lot back to my memory. i just heart sick to see that you guys had this fallen out. That's Well, a lot of people are, but a lot of people are blaming me for being mean.
2: <laughs> and and this isn't about personality at all, and this isn't about emotions at all. It's about the Scripture.
9: No, I, I'm in full support of you. It's just a damn shame that Eli doesn't know you after the Spirit, I guess.
2: Well, well I would think not, and, and, and most people here would agree with you, I think.
7: I thought you were mentally ill,
2: Bill. <laughs> yeah, Patricia got on a. Um, you just ignorant. Patricia got on that program from the 30th, called in the Sword Brothers program, and called me mentally ill.
9: You mean Patricia from uh, Central Southern California?
2: But well she was from, she was in Idaho. She was in Hawaii for a while, then she went to Idaho, and, right. and she went down to Idaho Vegas.
9: So do you mean did, now she's did she kind of side with Eli and just kind of kick you to the corner? oh a hundred percent she's um she may
2: she should be probably married to him
9: oh geez how about the guy from Dakota's real nice guy he's pretty sharp I can't think of his name right now he's from the North Dakota area and he would uh, he was always always had something really intelligent to say I can't think of I hope he's still with you
2: I don't know I don't know who you he mean I'm sorry
9: on, he was on Teamspeak all the time. And uh, and Folk, Folk's you, Folk, Folkman, or whatever his name is. Christian. Folk is Christian. Folk is Christian. He yeah, he's here, he, he he, he's here all the time.
2: <laughs> so he hates Eli. He's here all the time.
9: So what about the guy that has that thing on nine eleven? Remember, and he has his own side on what happened. And he's he, here. Oh, oh, he is. Okay. do think. He's here. Okay. Well, listen, you guys, I'll be right back. Yeah. I just, just, to li- just to listen i didn't mean to take up all your time bill and you will be calling right, michael me, okay I, I still my, the damnable paypal you won't believe what they did they put a limit on my uh on what i can send you know
2: it's okay and michael called, don't worry about it I called, it, it don't I need to be t-
9: no i called them today i said uh lift the limit so they're supposed to lift the limit in two days, and then I'll be able to, on my next uh, check, Bill, be able to say hello again. And just everybody listen. Yahweh bless, and I'll be back to listen. Uh, I'm going to go uh, read these two sites that Bill clicked in, the anatomy one and the, uh, the form one. Great. God bless. Take care, Michael.
5: I'll be that back. Was... Okay, I'll be back. Bye. bye. All right, Michael.
9: Well, what else do we have?
2: We've got to have more, more to talk about than that.
5: I
7: had something to earlier,
2: and now I forgot. I'm as bad as Jewel. <laughs> but you have an excuse. you you're, you're. I'll, I'll say twice a rage. I'll make you feel good. <laughs> hey,
4: was Michael talking about um, Greg Howard? Is he from the Dakotas?
2: No, Greg Howard's from New York.
4: Oh, okay, okay.
5: I'm thinking either it's either Bill G or RP.
2: Yeah, they're both Bill G's from um, Indiana or Cincinnati area and, and R.P.'s from Michigan.
9: Right.
6: I have a question. I don't know. It's a little off topic, but it's still a question.
2: We don't have a topic. How could you be off topic?
6: I, I'm just saying. Um, So for those who were misled, the white people, um, will they be forgiven? Or you know what I mean, right?
2: Yeah, it'll be forgiven because um, all of Israel is what we're told would be forgiven of their of their errors. It's a learning process. If you're not here to um, have learned the lesson, what what good's the lesson?
6: Right. Okay.
2: You know, this life is for trials and and it's for learning, right?
6: I always heard that yeah. um, a lot of the stuff that that we go through in life are tests that Yahweh puts us through.
2: Well, absolutely. I, I mean, the test is is um well, well. First, we have to understand that the test usually comes because of our own lusts, right?
6: Right.
2: We really can't blame God for our tests because if we didn't have these lusts, we wouldn't be able to be tempted, right? right? And and we learn from that, right? Well, I mean, that's the ideal situation is that we learn from it. But, but second, well, it yes. Happens- this life is to try our faith. It's for trials. It's explicitly stated in 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 the epistles of Peter and Paul. Right. This life this life isn't to have um yeah you know there's no guarantee of having a nice comfy little life like like you see on television and 90210 or, or um, shows like that. that. That's a Jewish ideal. That's not a a, a Christian ideal. That the um, well, where we should expect to be tried in this life, and, and to lose the things that we love, and and learn to love God first. That that's the way it is, and and those of us who do love God first might escape some of those trials, right? Right. Might where escape some of getting, those trials.
6: Where I was kind of getting at with that was um, I know I've been tested, but like, and the fact that like I knew that this, that it was a test, I just kind of knew. And I just, you know, I was like, well, I'm not even going to give in to this, and and this is before I even realized the truth.
4: Hey, Bill. Yes. Hey, I have you touch up on a subject, maybe briefly on tonight's forum, but uh, may, I would really look at this, maybe seeing a show done on this specific issue, uh, a relation or a comparison, because you guys done you did a show a while back about the Mormons and about the Jehovah Witnesses and such. Those are very informative because I, quite honestly, you know, I was Mormon back in the early 2000s, so I know what they're about. But as far as, like, the difference between Pentecostal and Methodist, I, I don't really know the differences. But what I would like you maybe to touch upon is the differences or comparisons from CI to Amish or and or Mennonite, for that matter.
2: I don't know if I know enough about the Amish or the Mennonites.
4: Well, well from what I gathered, they They don't believe God Jews are God chosen people they are racially exclusive um that's the only two factors i I really know that I read up on that I thought were pretty striking but uh I don't know it might be something to look into just to see with um I mean because they're very reclusive as well, so it's kind of hard to study up on some of their ideals or what they believe in.
2: You know I knew one Amish kid in prison and and he 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 was um he did believe at first that the Jews were God's chosen people and and he was raised amish huh and, and he did believe- i i mean i i i talked him out of that right i i mean he was pretty much identity after hanging out with me for a couple of years but um it, it was a long haul right
4: so- sound like he did the wrong direction around his rum springer.
2: <laughs> well, well, he used to tell me about how the Jews used to come visit his little Amish church in, in Pennsylvania, and about I've seen that. and and he thought it was disgusting because the women were always dancing and throwing their their skirts up in the air, and they were these big fat pigs. He, he described it pretty. Um, it, it was a pretty horrible situation the way he described it.
6: Wait, dancing is not good. <laughs>
2: Oh, especially no, in a church. Jewish dancing versus... Being. Okay, I'm <laughs> not talking
6: about, like, in a church. I'm just talking about dancing in general. It's bad?
4: Club dancing is definitely bad.
6: What the heck?
2: It's yeah. just the way it is. It's all about lust. Doing a stanky
4: leg, leg is not, not biblical.
2: Sorry, John, I don't know if you're going to lose all your fun, but...
4: That was the big fad, I guess, a year or two ago. I, we, man, we were cracking jokes about that, and I think for months on end on radio shows I was doing... There was some Negro song that was out at the time called Stanky Leg. And was, I don't want to uh, depict what that meant, but um, if you're on a dance floor and you got a brown streak on one of your legs from dancing, you got oh, a stanky leg. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, so just, and this is the popular thing at the time. But you know,
2: that brown streak could come off a nigger without any feces or bodily expulsions involved, right?
4: Yeah, I didn't want to get too depictive. I figured the imagination would guide you. <laughs> what
6: about ballet?
4: What about what?
6: Ballet.
4: What about it?
2: But to me, yeah. it's 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 just another form of idolatry. I mean, it's just another distraction.
4: Yeah, it's more entertainment. There's still
2: another way the Jew gets in there and fools you. Edgel, hey, you're gonna think we're a bunch of real prudes. I know.
6: I just, I don't know, like. There's a lot of things that I agree with, but there is some things that I don't agree with, and I guess that has to be one of them. L.A.? Yeah, I've danced ballet most of my life, and I love it.
2: Okay. Opposite of his Baptist neighbor dances before they have sex, I guess. So <laughs> no,
6: dancing leads to sex, meaning it's a form of, like, being sexual, I guess, but I don't Well, find well it, it is. Sexual. You don't? But I don't mind I don't it to be sexual. Like, I'm not grinding on anyone I'm not shaking my butt
4: well let's, let's let's analyze this for just for a second you're in some very very tight apparel that's very revealing of a female no, 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 no. figure you and, your, and you're contorting in the ways that might arouse the more primitive aspects of male figures out there
5: uh, i have to admit you know being raised in a in a classically oriented family where i listened to classical music and was fo- pretty much forced to watch ballet and operas and things of that nature. Uh, as a young boy, I can say my favorite out of all of those was definitely ballet.
6: I just think that it's a little ridiculous. I mean, but that's just me. I'm not saying that it's wrong or if it's right. I'm just opinionated, I guess.
5: Well, you know, I can, I can, I know where you're coming from because I'm, I'm dealing with kind of the same issue, except I actually make money doing it. I mean, I'm part of the entertainment business, you know. I work with bands. Um, but my, my, the, the difference that I see, like with, with ballet, if that came with a biblical message, if it, if, it was, if it helped promote the truth, then I wouldn't see a problem with that. That's the same thing when it comes to music. Music can be used for, it's, it's a tool just like anything else. It can be used, and it most certainly is, for a lot of the wrong reasons, but it can most certainly be used for all the right ones.
6: Right, and I sing, too, and I brought that up a couple times ago, but I guess it, it's more concerning to me about the dancing.
2: Well, like Matt said, singing is depending on what you're singing about, right? I mean, if you're singing about shooting up, getting stoned, and, and getting laid, well, well, that's not Christian, and that oh, can't yeah. possibly be any good right i, that's, I mean I,
6: that's, that's my music right there bill um shoot up every every morning and then at night i get laid like 18 times by Oh uh, you know
2: what i mean
6: <laughs> i know i know oh i'm sorry <laughs>
2: you listen to acdc right uh, i mean all that no, uh, a lot no, of that music is just the message is horrible i play it sometimes but it's horrible
6: i don't well, listen to acdc I
2: used to like country, but then my
1: mother brought me to the dark side of rock. Now I despise country.
6: I like country. More so rock, but I like some country.
1: I like Johnny Cash. That, that's the only country I go. You know, he's, he, he's an alien.
2: He is?
6: Hank Williams, Jr. Uh,
2: I like him, too, but he's an alien. He, he's yeah, you know, I like a lot of his music, too, but he's an alien. How is he an alien? He's he's some kind of Indian. You ever see the ears on that guy? They're like Dumbo the Flying Elephant. Nah, he's some kind of um, Plains Indian or something. He's not, I'm pretty sure. That would explain the 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 awful
6: Hank Williams Sr. had big ears, too. Uh,
5: He was definitely white, though.
6: (laughs) Yeah, but he had some monstrous ears. (laughs) I love Hank Williams. Hank Williams Sr. First Hank Williams. Who? So. Oh, my God, I'm going to kill you.
5: Yeah, I spend a lot of my time uh, reviewing a lot of music anymore and uh, archiving it, you know, uh, it, trying to find, you know, the songs out of the stuff that I, I used to listen to or I really enjoy. Um, you know, I'll listen to certain songs from certain artists anymore, but other songs I won't because, the you know, the message, there's nothing really good. In in the message, and I'm and as I delve deeper into uh, music, you know I'm I'm finding other uh, artists and other songs that I may not ordinarily have found or listened to, and uh, you know uh, there's there's plenty there's plenty of music out there that uh, is is decent enough to listen to that at least that isn't subversive. It may not come out as, you know, being out-and-out out Christian or CI or anything of that nature, but it's not, it's not evil and it's not subversive to, uh, you know, the way we're supposed to think.
6: This is my take on music. I listen to a lot of music, whether it be, you know, good or if it's bad, but I don't take it in as like, oh, well, this person's talking about doing cocaine i'm i'm gonna go out and do some cocaine well
2: you know a lot of people do get caught up in that for those very reasons
6: I know, but i i think those people are ignorant
2: <laughs> they're not ignorant they're weak but but that the, that music promotes it uh, i mean it helps their weakness it, it helps them um seek to fulfill those those desires that stem from weakness
5: they need to get you know, music, music is a tool. Music is a tool. And it and it will and it does have the ability to shape your mood.
2: And our enemies use it very effectively against us.
4: You know, it's like when I was back in a teenage years, and like I said, I've ashamedly listened to rap when I was young. Yeah, you know, I, I, I couldn't tell you how many songs I listened to that were rap that were like white bitches or kill the cracker. You know, bobbing my head, like, yeah, kill the cracker. You know, I you know, certainly wasn't the only white you know, <laughs> people that, that grew up in that culture, you know what I mean? But, you know, looking back on that, you just never realize how subliminally that played on you. You know, I want to read this, read, uh, this quote here. I don't know it's from after I read it here, but, Many people have wondered whence come the waves upon waves of musical slush that invade decent parlors and set the young people of this generation imitating the drivel of morons. Uh, the, The mush, the slush, the sly suggestion, the abandoned sensuousness of sliding notes are of Jewish origin. Monkey talk, jungle squeals, grunts and squawks, and gasps suggestive of cave love are camouflaged by a few feverish notes and admitted to homes where the thing itself Unaided by the piano would be stamped out in horror. Now, this is a quote written back in 1920 out of the International Jew regarding only jazz at the time. This is before rock, rap, R and B, country, and the rest.
2: Oh, oh, Henry would be shooting himself now over that stuff. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> He's a fit.
4: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah this is what they said about jazz back then, and certainly nobody nowadays would even look at jazz twice as being something of a of a subversive music culture but yeah he would have saw the rock coming of the fifties and sixties and the and you know the the hip hop and r b and soul and you know all the music we got now he, yeah they would um it certainly wasn't the great you know symphonies and orchestras of the of the nineteenth century and beyond before that.
7: Well, they've done the same thing to art, calling it modern art. They take some paint and throw it on the wall, and we are supposed to look at it and say, oh, ah, it's the Jew. It's incredible.
4: Bingo. Yeah, that's, oh, man, the art is horrible. I mean, that's something that Hitler got into real big, you know, the,
7: yep. the difference
4: between Aryan art and Jewish art. You know, this, for instance, the lady out of the, well, I forget what school it was, she was selling um, fetus heads sliced into, like, urethane pendants, it was like fetus brains. Uh, there was another Jewish, so-called artist that was selling feces. There was a whole bunch of different Jewish artists throughout the last, I count, 30 years that were selling literally defecations in different forms, whether it was a bag a hanging off a wall or a can of poop, or you know, this is this is what they call art, you know, and it's the same thing they do with music.
7: Ramsey Paul had a couple of good quotes on uh, one of his videos about modern art, some lesbian getting up on a stage smearing poop all over herself.
2: <laughs> that's what they do with any they – destroy. they they're destroyers.
7: That, that's all they are. You know, I do have to say, though, that uh, I, I don't know, you know, whether it's good or bad. I, I kind of like ballet and, and, you know, some of the classical songs that are sung by the right person. It really shows talent. Uh, even the physical aspect of being able to do some of the stuff is kind of amazing.
2: But well, right.
7: But who knows how many absolutely fantastic
2: musicians have have been um, totally ignored by the Jewish rec- recording industry, and 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 we never heard their works.
7: Yeah, I mean, I look at that. Well, that one, that one kid that was just up there recently, that Jackie Vanco, that did that lost that contest to that clearly mixed breed. Weird wacko singer on there. It's absolutely flabbergasting. I mean, the girl was was essentially ten times the talent that the puke was.
2: Yeah, right. But I mean, how many Beethovens have we not heard? Because the Jews would rather be pushing their bullshit. All of them, right? Push the crap. They, yeah, may, they,
7: they decide who's going to be a who's going to be a hero, and I, I think that's what's. To some extent, YouTube is exposing that now. It's hard for them to shut down talent. Right. And they're showing that some of these really talented people who have great voices or, or, or something else are starting to pop out on YouTube, and the Jew is immediately pouncing on them. If they can't get what they want, they disappear. Hey, Bill? Yes, Michael. Oh,
9: I got a question. Is there anything wrong with me having the Confederate flag on the back window of my four-wheel drive?
2: Well, you know, I don't have a problem with it. It's a symbol, and and it's it's um, makes a statement, right? But you know, I, I don't know if it's worth getting busted windows over either. You know?
9: No, I've I've had more people compliment me on it, buddy. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean,
2: it makes a statement and it gets people to think. You know, and, and in some ways it could be good. I I just don't think it's it's you know, it it's worth getting a flat tire or a broken window over, that's all. There's more <laughs> subtle ways to get the message across, right?
9: <laughs> the reason is is at a thirty eight special concert down in the south they had a big Confederate flag behind them, you know. Thirty eight special in Kansas and another southern group. They play pretty good music in my opinion. And I don't know, a couple, about a year ago, I put the sticker on my window. And everybody that I read, all my buddies like it, you know. And except for this assistant pastor at my mom's church, he got offended. and he said, that's anti-Semitic. And I told him, well, that's good. Now, how is it anti-Semitic? Because the Jews weren't slaves down south. Well, that was my point. I said the Jews weren't in slavery. I said only about. I told him only about three percent of all the plantations even had, what you would call slaves. The, the Jews said, were the slave traders. Yeah, they were the carpetbaggers. I told them. I said. I'd ask him right.
2: A, I'm sorry. I'd ask him right away about Judah T. Benjamin, right? <laughs> I forgot about him. You know, would he have thought it was anti-Semitic? The the, the great. Tre- treasury of the secretary for the confederate states of america was a jew was he an anti-semite <laughs> that, that, i would have had to hit him with that right
9: i got a pamphlet from uh truth in history that you know and another guy that has these pamphlets for the confederacy and they talk about him how they pretty much contradict themselves and end up painting their own picture of themselves
2: Yeah, well, they're hypocrites all the time. I mean, they do it all the time.
9: Yeah, but this is Sister Pastor, of course. They're pro-Israeli, and they support the sandbox and the whole nine yards, you know. Well, of course he is. He's lost.
2: I actually saw a pickup truck in this town, upstate New York, and I was pretty shocked. With a Confederate flag on it the other day. painted under the roof of the pickup truck. I mean, I thought it was great. I just don't know if if it's worth getting into altercations and bullshit over. That there's more subtle and, and... uh, more intelligent ways sometimes to make a statement.
7: You know, the Confederate flag has only become an issue more recently because I used to have a uh, Confederate license plate on the front of my car all through the 70s.
9: Yeah, but, but don't they stand for states' rights and state sovereignty? And that's don't what, the...
7: That's exactly why I had it on the front of my car when I figured out I had wished the South had won the war. Um, that's why I placed it on there, and I, I'm from the North.
9: Well, that that was my intent for putting it on too. The same reason, you know, even though there's a racial aspect behind it too, because <laughs> the South they were more biblical racially than the North ever thought of being. Right.
7: Yeah, I could I could care less about b- the blacks getting freedom, other than the fact that it's ruined the country further. Absolutely destroyed it.
2: But well, anyway, it's it's even without the the um the racial overtones. People don't understand about states. They don't know why that war was fought. The average person has no clue. States' rights. I didn't know states had rights. That, that's that, they're clueless about the Tenth Amendment.
9: That they wanted. I think they wanted to take away their Confederate currency and bring us under the, you know, bring us under the Union Northern currency that they were trying to establish. I heard one speaker. Can't think of his name. He's from the south, and he does a great deal of teaching on the Confederacy. He's a pastor. I think he's a, a Baptist, but he does an excellent job on teaching on the Confederacy and the Civil War.
2: You're talking about um, General's buddy. I'm trying to think of his name. I, I got a, him all over that Dixie site. General had, had a whole bunch of audio sermons on it. John Weaver.
9: John Weaver. I really like him. I mean, I like that I got his archives downloaded. I got about twenty messages, and it was he gets pretty in depth and he does stick to the racial aspect of scripture doing it. I respect him for that now, I don't know what his position is on other things
2: um i I don't really know if he even gets into other things. I gotta fix this Dixie site up. It's got some problems, but it is um aren't it? I can't get to the bottom. There's about 50 of his, 40-something of his sermons on the Dixie site, dixie.christaginia.org. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's it's over 40 sermons, over 40 audio uh, audio files.
9: Right. No, that's why I downloaded mine, but on uh, but it, it downloaded to this Adobe thing, and I don't understand what Adobe is on my computer. Adobe is play. a PDF file. Okay. That's where they went. They still work. I click it, and I click play, and they play right through my speaker to where yours, all yours, I got them in a regular yellow folder that pops up, and I click the folder, and I highlight the programs that I download because I got about 100, maybe 200-plus of your programs, and then they play. Yet the folder's easier than the Adobe deal. I don't know why it's different, Michael. It is the Adobe's too complicated. I I, I, have, I have directions my friend showed me how to use it, and he was supposed to supposed to transfer everything from that Adobe to a file, a little yellow file like I have with yours, Christa Guinea file. Yeah, it's and, just
2: yeah. they they just got to be in the wrong place on your computer. That's all, and you just need to be copied.
9: Yeah. Hey, Bill, real quick, and I'll shut up. Just real quick, it says the 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 serpent or the nakosh, was more subtle than any beast of the field. Now, right. did that, now clarify, because I totally forgot how you explained it. That particular beast of the field represented a racial line, correct? No. Oh. It didn't. Well, that serpent, did, did it have like, it, it had to look like a what, normal. What respect.
2: you're seeing there, so Michael,
9: uh,
2: no, that's, that, that's Eli's rationale. Oh, but that's not what you're there. seeing there. You're not seeing a technical statement in Genesis 3.1. It's just not a technical statement. It's an allegory. Correct. Hebrew word nakash does literally mean a snake. We don't know. This story is being introduced to us in this chapter, in this verse. It's the introduction to a parable, an allegorical story about the serpent and about The seduction of Eve. And what it's saying is now the snake is the most cunning of all the beasts that God created. So we're going to call this thing the snake or the serpent. That's why we're calling this thing the serpent, because of its cunning. It's making an allegory. It's not making a technical statement that these beasts of the field are animals and this serpent is... or that these beasts of the field are, are races of people and this serpent is races of people. That's not... You don't know the serpent is a person until a couple of verses later. And it speaks to Eve. That's when you find out it's a person. In Genesis 3.1, you're just being told an allegory. Yeah, you know, you're, you're being presented with an allegorical statement about a snake. And, and that introduces to us the idea that the serpent, it is called a serpent because this being is very cunning. We don't know it's a person until we find out it could speak a a couple of sentences later in verse 2.
9: Yeah, that that helps, because I got all your notes on that. And I remember, but my memory's blank because it's been so long. My notes are at my trailer i got to bring them home next week, and I just wanted to clarify that. But we do know that ultimately when, a, when Eve conceived Cain, it had to be from some type of a biped type of a... Well, of course
2: it was. but uh, Of course it was a, a, um, a fallen angel or a descendant of the fallen angels that brought us Cain. But in Genesis 3.1, we're just being presented with an allegorical... Story that tells us why this being is called a serpent. That's all we're being presented with.
9: That, that clarifies it. I've been right. I, wrote, I wrote this stuff down because it's in my notes. Because I right. well, well Eli long. had that
2: position for a while, and I don't remember how I addressed it, or, or I don't even think I addressed it or argued with him yet. You know, at the point at, at that point in um, well, when we did the two sea line series, because it really didn't matter to me.
9: Right, but Bill getting back to the Adamic, Adamic creation. Now, I remember you pointed out in one of your writings that the Adamic creation just didn't consist of one man by himself, but it was an Adamic race of men, if I understand correctly.
2: Well, well that's, what, that, that's what Genesis 126 and 128 is describing, and that's what Genesis chapter 2 is describing, and that's what Genesis chapter 5 is describing. But a lot of people want to say that, that the other Adamites were here before Adam and Eve were here. And that's just not true, because those the, the trees that were made, yeah, you know, if you want to take those trees that are pleasant to the sight and good for food, if you want to take that as an allegory concerning people, well, well, that's fine. A lot of people do want to say that that's talking about races of people or families of people, and I don't have a problem with that, but they never existed here until Adam was put in the garden. If you read Genesis um. Chapter three, verses seven and eight, you'll find out that they weren't. I'm sorry. T- chapter two, verses seven and eight, you'll you'll find out that those trees weren't made to grow from the ground until Adam was put in the garden.
9: That's that. That's right. But prior to Adam being put in the garden, the Adamic creation was there was a race of the Adamic creation that we could that we could call trees, right?
2: No, I don't see that. No. Okay. Not before Adam no. was put in the garden, the okay. trees—the so the trees that were good for food and pleasant to the sight—were not made to grow out of the ground until Adam was placed in the garden. Genesis two seven and eight nine in there. Okay, Michael. I got a few papers on 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 the front page of Christogenia. One, one of them was um, actually got six thousand downloads. I think at the end of Genesis heresy. I did three programs on this because of the the the. Um, because of the differences with Eli, I did three programs on Genesis related topics. The first one was they were all on my open forum here. First one was on January seventeenth, the End of Genesis Heresy, discusses all that at length. Second one was on um Genesis Revisited Angels and Beasts and that was January thirty first open forum. And the third one was um, Jeremiah 31, Beast, Sheep, and Goat Nations, and that was on the February 7th open forum. They're all right on the front page of Christagenia.
9: Okay. I'm glad you clarified that, uh, Bill, because I remember a while back you were presenting the allegorical and parabolic uh, position, which I totally agree with because it brought clarity. I just didn't know you were talking the difference between the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And when she partook of that tree of knowledge of good and evil, most people think that she, uh, you know, ate something that tasted good.
2: Yeah, right. Well, well, um, the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil has to be the fallen angels, right? It has to be the fallen angels. And that's because it has to be a race of people that at one time knew good. In other words, they were with God. And then they experienced evil. In other words, they rebelled from God. That, And I'm going to talk about that on the next Revelation series, right? When I, Because the next chapter in the Revelation I do is Revelation chapter 12. Okay? Well, well um, it'll be part of my Revelation commentary also. But aside from that, for that reason, the tree of knowledge of good and evil has to be in the garden as soon as Adam's in the garden. You know, it has to be there already. It has to have... It, it must have introduced itself into the garden, because Yahweh didn't put it in the garden. He didn't make that tree to grow. It says he made the other trees to grow, but it doesn't say he made that tree to grow. It, it just make, makes it a, um, basically a parenthetical statement. The, the tree of life and, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil were, were basically already in the garden. But, well, how did they get there? It must have introduced that, they must have introduced themselves there. That's how the bad seed was sown. That the enemy, the, the devil, came along, introduced itself into the garden, and sowed the bad seed. I got it. Now, now that it. means that the fallen angels had to be here before Adam. The Revelation chapter twelve event had to happen before Adam. Yeah, even because those him. people were, all, and and that's who I attribute the creation of the other races to. And and Clifton would um, wholeheartedly agree. They're the people in the Book of Enoch. that went and mixed their their seed with every kind. Eli thinks that it's evil to think that, because it's mean, and it's cruel, and, and it doesn't give the other races a future. Well, well, of course they don't have a future, because they, they fall into the category of every plant that my Heavenly Father didn't plant, and and Eli has an agenda, and doesn't care for the truth, so he made up his own story, and that's the way I see it.
9: Well, no, I, I done my comparisons during the first time I met you almost a year ago, and a lot of this is starting to come back to me. That's why I just wanted you to clarify some of this uh, because I remember you pointing out the Adamic racial line and the also the other racial lines which were represented by the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And I wanted to clarify that Eve did actually have, you know, uh, sex with a biped type of a person, that it wasn't something with wings or a or – a, uh,
2: yeah. Oh no, it was absolutely a person.
9: What do you think he
2: looked like, Bill? An angel of light, according to Paul. He couldn't
9: have been a negro. Okay, that may, so he was he would appear to be white and rudy then. I would think so and and the fallen angels had to be white,
2: but okay. which I believe accounts for races of white men here before Adam. Uh, I I I I, I countenanced this with Eli, and you know what Eli told me? You're crazy. It can't be that way. That's nuts. That's what Eli told me.
9: I'm surprised he wouldn't reason with your, you or know, be a little bit more. Nope. Uh, yeah. Nope. because
2: he was already committed to his Neanderthal theory, and, and I blew it up. He wants to push this Neanderthal theory as fact. You know what? The Neanderthal theory comes from Zechariah Sitchin, and Eli has swallowed it hook, line, and sinker.
9: That's right. I forgot about Sitchin. He's a Jew anyway that basically people gave him money to put his name on books.
2: Yeah, right. Well, right, right. that's, where, he, that's where Eli's getting his, um, his new Genesis religion from.
9: Right, because, Bill, I've heard you talk about the Cro-Magnum man or Cro-Magnum species in the past, and I get bits and pieces of my memory because since we surgery, my memory's not very good. Because of the anesthesia, I've been under so much. That's why I'm asking you just to just clarify a couple of things real quickly. You know, well, well,
2: to me, the Cro-Magnon man is very likely the Fallen Angels, the other, and 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 I can't prove that, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it it meshes very well, I believe, with with history and and our paleontology and scripture, and and um, Eli wants to insist that Adam was a reformed being. That God took a Cro-Magnon man and made Adam out of him. That's Eli's new insistence.
9: So then he's leaning more towards the two-creation position like Lloyd Palmer then.
2: Right, except that he's insisting that it's a creation and a forming. But biblically, his whole case falls apart. (sighs) Except that Eli said it was that way, so so it's a dictate from the the Pope, I guess. I I ain't going for it.
9: Right, exactly. And Paul even contrasted the creation of Romans 5, Romans 8. In Romans chapter 8, verse 16, it says, As many as are the, as many as are the children of God, they are the sons of God. And as many as are led by the Spirit, they're the, they're the sons of God. Then Paul goes on, and I learn this from you, that nor any other creation shall separate us, the children of Yahweh, from, from His love.
2: Well, right, which, see, which tells us that Adam was a single unique creation.
9: And we you, we got the liberty to take that all the way back to Genesis one twenty-seven.
2: Absolutely, because that's the creation of Adam.
9: Because we don't know how long ago before the creation of Adam or before 5400 B.C., we don't know how long ago the angels fell.
2: Right, it could have been 200,000 years, it could have been 20, it, it don't matter.
9: Okay, so then, Bill, if the Chinese... Uh, I would lean towards the 200,000, right? Okay. But it don't matter. It, so, so then, Bill, follow, me this, follow this out with me. Correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding is this. I've talked to different Chinese people, and they have told me, even Chinese pastors, have told me that their, their lineage and their heritage goes back 10,000 years recorded and 15,000 years of oral history.
2: Well, let's, I don't know where the records might be on sticks, because I know they carved shit in sticks that we probably ain't read, or, or that I certainly haven't read. But, but yeah, that their history does go back further than ours. There's no
9: doubt. It goes beyond 5400 B.C.
2: And, and it should.
9: Y- exactly, and even archaeology's proven that. You know, I, I know this from what I've read. Now, the Negroid, I don't know where they came from.
2: That's okay. Some of them think they came from space, and others think they came from pigs. It don't matter.
9: No, but they had to come. Some Most people say that God Elohim, plural, created them also, but we don't know when he created
2: them. Well, well, Yahweh,
9: I mean, I don't think
2: Yahweh created them. I think they're all bastards. You know, was there one particular race or breed of negroid that was created by Yahweh as one of the beasts of the field? Well, Well, if that's the case, it would never be anything more than a beast or an ape, right? And, and Eli's trying to make people out of them. I understand. And, and whether there is or there isn't makes no, makes no difference in, in, in my biblical belief. It makes no difference at all whether there is or is isn't. I, I wrote about it in my Genesis chapter 2 overview. Eli's trying to make people out of them. And, and I don't know how you can make people out of beasts. And, and that's where Eli's just dead wrong.
9: No, I'm, I'm glad you clarified that because I got all my notes that I took down. I must have 60 pages of notes by hand I wrote. Plus, I got your Christoginney, a New Testament that really strains the sock, and Philippians and the book of James. Got two passages there that really just take the slack up, you know, and uh, regarding when you look at your face in the mirror.
5: You know, Michael, I, I kind of uh, uh, have a a quick summary um, that I kind of toss out to people. This this is how I basically view uh, the the story of the Bible. You have Yahweh's pure creation. Then somewhere within there, He obviously made the angels and gave them free will, just like He gave us. But He made them first. Now there was Lucifer, and then a third of the angels who fell with him because. They were given dominion of this planet by Yahweh to rule over his creations, but they decided that they were going to pervert Yahweh's creations. That is the evil. That is where the evil comes from. It is the perversion of Yahweh's creation. And since that was running rampant on this planet, that's when Yahweh decided to create us and put his children here and give us dominion to take away from these fallen angels and to stop the hybridization and mongrelization that had been going on on this planet. And it has been in our hands to uh, set that straight. But we have not done it.
2: And and that's good. And and, um, basically... Luke says that Adam is the son of God, and Eli James says that Adam is the son of some Cro-Magnon man somewhere.
9: Yeah, but Bill, I listened to your programs with Eli going back a year and a half ago, and there was never this conflict. It was always you two in agreement. You guys would flow pro-level. Well, well, yeah, but then Eli departed from that and, and, and um, went to the school of
2: Zechariah Sitchin. Uh, I mean, he quoted Zechariah Sitchin directly uh, in... Um, you know what Nabiru and the Anunnaki in twenty twelve, they're all ideas that come straight from Zechariah Sitchin. Eli has mentioned them three times in emails in the last year. And I have copies of the emails.
9: And that surprises me because on Talks you, I remember the first time I mentioned Zechariah Sitchin on a law, on a live program with you and Eli and you cleared you know, you you clarified who he was, where he came from, what his nature was and everything. And it, Eli was right there on the program with you.
2: But well now he's a follower of him, and he has to be because Clifton opened up his copy. Clifton has a copy of these books, right? I, I wouldn't even have them in my house. I'm being honest with you. Clifton has a copy of these Zechariah Sitchin books. Somebody sent him, trying to lure him into this bullshit. And and um, Clifton opened up a yeah, you know, the Twelfth Planet by Zechariah Sitchin, and and there was the Adam to Cro-Magnon man. Link's staring them right in the face, right? Now, if Eli Eli is um, out there promoting the Anunnaki and 2012 and the Biru, and, and he has in his emails, i got copies of the emails right here. I could forward to anybody. Now, if Eli is doing that, and then he comes up with the same idea that Zechariah Sitchin got, about connecting Cro-Magnon man to to Adam, well, well, then where the hell did Eli get that from? Did he get it from his own mind, or did he get it from Zechariah Sitchin? He's obviously been reading them, so Eli's become a whore for the Jew. That's what it boils down to, and I don't mind saying that on a recorded program, and yes, I'll post it on Christoginia tonight.
9: Yeah, and you know what, Bill? All of us defended Eli when people were criticizing him that he was not a pure atomite,
2: well, right, because his works always seemed to be good, even though he was into a lot of wacky bullshit that I can't agree with. I, I always laid that aside and and concentrated on the good things that he did. But um, I, I don't know. This ain't a good thing that this newfound universalism. I can't buy into it, and and all all this um. That this other baggage he has with him now, and, and his his made up stories about beasts of the field, and his made up store unscriptural remarks about Adam being a, a a Cro-Magnon man, and we're all just retrofitted cavemen. And it's all just nuts, and and Eli's just um, he's just jumped into the stew of New Age syncretism, is what he's done, and and he's gonna drown in it.
5: And those that apparently still follow him, just they. They prefer to uh, – it's almost as if they've reverted to Ju- Judeo-Christian roots where they would just as soon hang out at his, uh, on his talk show shows and just listen to him talk and um, not necessarily really pay attention to what he has to say because he's constantly contradicting himself uh, with what, his be- what he has professed to be his beliefs in the past. And then with the the stuff that he writes and puts out, you know, uh, he's caught, you know, dancing around that fire, you know, in many different directions.
9: Yeah, I, I know. He had a, not to change the subject, but to dovetail, he had a guy, I can't think of his name, on his program. It might have been Gray or it might have been a, uh, from England, somebody that was his friend that was saying that the daughters of Zedekiah had polluted blood. And uh, they were polluted uh, blood in them, uh, part of the bad figs mixed in them. And I'm surprised that Eli had that guy on his talk show program. And this well, well, you know something?
2: Right? Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Michael, but i, I got to say this. Eli actually quoted this Bauer guy, and I didn't know anything about Bauer, but Clifton did, and Clifton straightened me out on it after the program. But Eli brought up the, this um, uh, when we got to this passage in the Jeremiah series, I, I made a, a, a lengthy um, statement about it where, where it said that Yahweh would make the, the Judah yeah, you know the people of Judah like bad figs. He didn't say that they were bad figs, and, and if you go back and listen to the Jeremiah program that I did with Eli, it was like the last one or the one before. Right, in in January, January 7th or or January 21st, I think, or January 8th or January, January 7th or January 21st. One of those two programs, I explained that, and Eli had um, nothing to say about it except agreement. It didn't say they were bad figs. It said Yahweh said he'd make them like bad figs. There's a huge difference there.
9: Yeah, I didn't get to listen to all the program, Bill, but at the beginning of the program, uh, Clifton read the first ten verses. And then Clifton, this is where I left off because I had to go to town with my wife. Clifton left off, and Clifton said that either he was or some people are stumbled by Jeremiah 24, verse 8. And then I remember that passage where Eli had this guy on his program on TalkShoe that was using that passage and he Now, Eli wasn't saying this, but he had this guy on his program, I think gig of his name, he's from England, or he supports the, uh, the British Israel position, and he said that they had polluted, the daughters of Zedekiah had polluted blood.
2: Yeah, well, that can't be, and he's just a clown. That's my response. And, and I debate him on it, too. We'll, we, we could talk about that scripture.
9: I just don't understand why he aligned himself, after spending myself almost a year and a half with you and Eli almost every week, how he ended up aligning himself with these other people. Like he aligned himself with one guy that found a rock where the metal metal, uh, strap around the rock had been busted in half somewhere, an archaeologist that covered the tomb that Jesus was in. I think the guy's name is Gray or something like that.
5: Ron.
2: Oh, Jonathan Gray. Jonathan Gray's a straight moron. Well, uh, I ain't afraid to say it. Jonathan Gray is a is a freak. He's a circus show. It, he's a promoter of Ron Wyatt, and and he's a freak. And and Eli eats up Ron Wyatt. And and um, Ron Wyatt was full of shit. Ron Wyatt's a sideshow. He he's not an archaeologist. Ron Wyatt's a clown, and Eli drank is this all the swill from that trough.
9: See, I, I see. Bill and you guys, I've been gone for four or five months because of my infirmities, but I'm getting caught up. I'm shocked at all the stuff I hear this last since my computer started working seven, eight days ago.
5: Yeah, I can see where this it's pretty much an avalanche.
9: (laughs) I I just don't understand why people don't take the time to listen to Bill. Bill's, you know, he's done his homework. He's done his research. And they just take it lightly and seem like they have the liberty to just, you know, kick 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 Bill under the bus or anybody that, you know, is open-minded.
5: Well, you know what that means, Michael. It means that uh, we're on the right track.
9: Exactly, because everything I do now, I filter through scriptures from a racial standpoint. Like I was reviewing the Galatians series. I, I looked it up on my mom's computer at home on Galatians 3.16, and my mom said, we cannot, there is no way you can share this with the body of Christ and these new believers. It would be such a stumbling block. I said, but mom, we're not even interpreting it. We're letting the text interpret itself on the way it's used. She agreed, but she had a difficult time receiving it because she's involved with ministry at Bethel, which is a covenant replacement charismatic church.
5: Yeah, that's just some straight.
9: That's that's bad.
5: Yeah, the only way that I've been able to pretty much come to terms with this is that uh, you know, Yahweh opens the eyes and ears of those he chooses.
9: That's it. Yeah, I talked to one guy on the phone today from Oklahoma. He's an elderly pastor, identity pastor, and he says he believes he won't doesn't want to touch the issue, but he believes that black people and Oriental people, if they have faith, they can, you know, partake of the covenant. No way. You know, and then I asked him, I said, well, Thessalonians says not all men have faith. No,
2: Thessalonians says that the faith is not for everybody.
9: That's right. You're. you're thanks, Bill. Yeah.
5: yeah, that's also in complete contradiction to uh, uh, Levitical law.
9: No, I understand that. And I didn't want to, you know, get too much in a conversation with him because he is a good friend of mine and I... I didn't want to create friction. Oh,
2: Thessalonians says that God has to save us from those wicked and disgusting men because the faith is not for all. That's what it says. I'll argue the Greek over that with any Greek scholar. I don't care. Yeah.
9: Yeah. Now, Bill, one of the funnest ones I read was on the Seed of Inheritance, those three parts. Pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, thanks. I think it was only two parts, though, to be honest with you. I didn't know.
9: No, there was a third part. There's actually three. You said these, uh, forget, I haven't, I got them at my trailer, all the papers. But the, well, well, then you know them better than me. <laughs> I can't, I got to go back and review them. But when you read, the, you explained the word Christ. Paul said, "If you know, for Christ's sake, you know, I'd be accursed. And you point out, he's not talking about Christ, the man, but he's talking about Christ, the anointed group.
2: Right. That's because the end of of chapter 8, three verses before that, says that there's no way we could be separated from Christ. And to be accursed from something means to be separated from it.
9: Thank you. I forgot about that. See, I can't remember. I used to be able to quote you almost verbatim, Bill, but I can't anymore. I can't either. Don't worry about it. Hey, did you ever find yourself a lady?
2: Lady? Lady? The the only thing they have
9: up here is cattle. I don't.
2: I can't find. Well, any
9: way. You haven't found yourself a lady friend, huh?
2: Hell no. I got fifty lady friends that are all here.
9: No, I mean someone at the, the home that you know cook for you. Maybe go to Denny's with. You know, there's somebody to hang out with.
2: Yeah, no, nah, that isn't happening yet. Uh, I mean, I'm not really looking. Uh, I'm not. If it, yeah, you know, if God wanted me to have somebody, I, she'd be here, right? That's the way I look at it.
6: Yeah, it's that's... so a, romantic. You, 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 that's, you, that's Denny's true. is so
1: romantic. <laughs> I want to go to Denny's.
6: Legal <laughs> man has to take it to Denny's.
1: Okay.
9: Just for starters, <laughs> is why I said Denny's.
2: Yeah. I hate to tell you, Michael, I've never been in a Denny's. We
9: have one here yeah, in town, too.
2: It, it just replaced the Howard Johnson's or something like that. We we do have a Denny's, but I've never been in a Denny's. I'm being honest.
9: Well, they're open 24 hours, and it's the first place <laughs> to go to kind of break the ice, have a cup of hot chocolate, and just find somebody that you know. I mean, shoot, you know, you're not a damn eunuch. Find yourself a lady that connects with you.
2: I don't. Yeah. Well, anymore. if it ever happened, it happened. But um, I, I, ain't, I I'm not gonna push the issue, right? Yeah. I'm sure I could go to town pick up some hoe. But but I don't, I don't want a situation like that, right?
9: I don't mean a ho, I mean a lady.
2: Right, well, well the difference is, is um, drastic, and, and up here there's a lot more of the first kind than the second kind.
9: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, oh, these women are terrible up here, I'm telling you yeah uh, I
9: guess especially, especially the ones that go to Walmart. I
2: remember you telling us uh, I was telling a story a few weeks ago. I saw this girl real pretty girl in in Walmart too young i I mean I got a daughter older than her, right? but real pretty blonde girl, slim, attractive and and I'm looking at her from the back and and she turned around and she had a tattoo across her chest. It was about a foot long. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what the hell are these girls doing to themselves? They're destroying themselves. This girl's a pretty girl. She can't be more than 25 years old. She's got this huge-ass tattoo across her chest. And yeah, I run, That's all I seem to run into up here. They're either cows or or, or they've got tramp stamps. They're, they're covered with tramp stamps. I can't figure it out. Hey, Why would a girl... Well, why would a pretty blonde girl with ivory white skin want to put a foot long tattoo, four inches high, right across her chest?
6: Because we want to show our individuality. Not that I'm blonde,
2: but well, well you, you know something. The effect and the reality is exactly the opposite. You haven't shown your individuality. You've shown that you're just as dumb as every other person that gets the same thing. Well, That's yeah, the way I look at it. Wrong. Your individual alley-, alley is in your jeans, and I'm not talking about your your blue jeans.
6: I know. And before, yeah. I didn't know it was wrong, because I was told that, you know, you have a right to express yourself.
2: Yeah, right. You you got a right to say, I'm a moron. I, I saw this nigger in prison. He had a big 13 tattoo right on his forehead. <laughs> I asked him if that was his IQ. <laughs> <laughs>
6: I have an evil
2: clown on my back. What does that say about me? I could could go there. I don't want to go there. I'm sorry. I can't go there. You're a young lady. You have to go
6: there, Bill. What does it
2: say about the guy on the bed behind you that has to watch that thing? All right? You want me to go there?
6: (laughs) I'm sure legal man wouldn't mind.
2: (laughs) Wow. It's saying you're a clown. You're a clown. It
6: doesn't look like a clown. Looks like a green blob. What did you say?
2: Well, you made me go there. I didn't want to, but now I feel did ungentlemanly. You say legal again? Now I feel absolutely seedy because I said that, but you made me do it.
6: It's, it's okay, Bill. I asked for it in a sense. I just didn't know exactly where you were going with it.
2: <laughs> Always think the worst of me.
6: Well, that is duly noted. <laughs>
2: Well, you, you might be able that. to get it removed someday.
6: I'm not going to.
2: Oh, okay. I
6: have better things to pay use my money on than getting something uh, stupid removed.
2: How about a a good cover-up, like a giant legal man face or something? No, I'm kidding.
6: What? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll approve of that. <laughs>
6: He'll approve of anything.
9: Hey, hey, you guys, I'll be back. Oh, listen. listen! I just appreciate the fellowship tonight. Who well,
2: I got? Um, I got. I, I was in jail in prison for twenty-five years. I got a little brother who was in the navy for thirty years. Neither of us have a tattoo.
6: Good.
2: I got two sisters. They're both littered with tattoos.
4: Yeah, I don't have a tattoo either.
6: That's good. I, I'm happy for you guys.
4: Well, my wife got one when I first met her. Actually, I took her to go get it, and um, I wasn't really excited about it. And I didn't really want her to get it, but we we're still in the very preliminary courting time issue and uh, it was a toss up to say, you yeah, know, you're gonna look like an idiot and not date her or Yeah, I guess that'd be okay. Um, sure. Uh, do what you gotta do.
5: <laughs> yeah, when I when I met met my wife, oh. she had just gotten her tattoo.
2: As long as it doesn't say Steve.
5: I, I myself, I don't have a, I don't have any tattoos. Although, I mean, some of you may know my story. I, I did actually get a tattoo. I think when I was about seventeen, but it disappeared.
2: Disappeared.
5: It faded
2: away. Oh, I remember you talking about that.
6: I had uh, two heart tattoos on my feet that I did with Indiani. Um, I had them for about two weeks, and they disappeared. So.
5: Yeah, well, mine was done during the most rebellious time in my life. It was pretty much not long after I completely disavowed Catholicism, was absolutely confused as to the the way of the world, and uh, pretty much... I guess I was you know, I was pissed off at the world, and what I had done was I had a upside down cross tattooed on my right tricep, and it disappeared. That's good. Yeah, needless to say, I have not even, a, a, you know, there's no way you're going to get close to me with a needle and ink.
2: Well, Chris, you had 604 visits today. I think that'd good.
7: Yeah, I'll say.
6: Three of them for
3: it. <laughs> Three of them from you, Keep it up.
6: <laughs> Keep
2: up the good work.
3: <laughs> hey, speaking of which, did you get any
4: from Craigslist by any chance? I'll check out my um
2: I haven't checked it in a while, right? Let me check out my refers for the last thirty days that's that's all um that's the best Google will tell me is the last thirty days of refers. seven thousand seven hundred and ten visitors came seventeen thousand one hundred and eighty eight times. 30% direct traffic, 44% referring sites, 25.7% search engines. Top referrers. Number one, direct. Number two, Google, 3800. Number three, myself, 2900. Google, 400. TalkShoe, 415. Facebook, 404. Eli, site, 336. Thank you, Eli. 263 Yahoo 262 ProSync.org 254 Your number 10 Forum 186 the, my, I'm, my own biggest refer the Minecomp sites 12 Kristagenos.org is 13 Stormfront's 14 Reader's Blog Saxon Messengers Google 85 are 80 When I'm about I'm like 11 at least of my top 21 referrers is me. Jesus was not a Jew, 22. 68 visits. No Craigslist yet. I strike. ProSync.info, 29 visits. Oh, WilliamFink.net, 22 visits. I re- I referred myself. My personal <laughs> site. HenryMacow.com, 16 visits. He sent like a thousand people to me about two months ago in, in like a two day period.
3: How the Jew?
2: Yeah. Yeah, like a thousand people I, uh, over one weekend about two months ago, I had like a thousand visits from his site,
4: and and th-
2: th- it trickled down from there, but it it stayed pretty high for a while, right?
4: Yeah, that guy's promoted me and uh, Missing Links several times as well. Uh, it was yeah. like
2: five hundred in one day. It was crazy. I I didn't know where they came from. I had to go look. I'm like, where'd all these? Where'd all these people come from all of a sudden? I was getting four four hundred and fifty visits a day, and it went to like to eight hundred and something that day, and they were all from three hundred of them were from Henry Macau. That's right, three hundred of them, and and there were a hundred and something from one of his other sites, some other site he got. I forget the name of it. Beer Barrel fourteen. Here we go. East Kentucky dot org thirteen.
4: That's the one. Okay. That's not a real popular place, so, but yeah, that was me.
2: Yeah, but that's pretty damn good. Thirteen visits from not a real popular place. I mean, East Kentucky, right? Site of the Ku Klux Klan. dot com, twelve visits. NorthwestRepublic. twelve visits. Save the Mails. That's MacHouse. Every other site, ten visits. Yeah, I got like a thousand visits in, in two days off both of those sites combined. Save the Mails and Henry Macow About two months ago. And, and it's trickled down from there, but I still get some traffic from him. I don't know how I. I don't know if it was in comments or in an article or what. I never even saw how he posted me or how it was linked.
3: If there's one thing he
4: specializes in, that's actually fairly decent. Is his um, breakdown of the feminist culture destruction?
2: Yeah, right. That's why he's got to save the males.
4: Yeah, exactly.
2: Godlikeproductions.com. They, I get a lot of hits from them, too, but that's trickled off. It's down to four now, but that was a couple of hundred a few months ago.
4: Yeah, I usually get a bunch from them in different form, threads and such.
2: WhoCluxClan.org, four visits. U Saxon, four visits. That's fellow John. Close there. It trickles down. I got referrals from 285 sites the last 30 days. Half of the top 20 are me. Yeah, that's one. I won't count talk you on Facebook.
5: Well, hey guys, I think I'm gonna call tonight.
2: Okay, uh, Matt. Thanks for being here. God bless. Four, five, seven. Oh, I'm seven at the top 20. Let's put it that way. Nine at the top 30. Are my own sites referring myself to re- referring people to my other sites? Mm-hmm. I haven't looked at the keywords in a while. Look at the difference between Google and the other search engines is incredible. Google, 3,800 visits. Bing, 263. Yahoo, 262. AOL, 26. It goes downhill from there. Keywords, Christogenia, 787. What is Christian Identity, 225. Mein Kampf PDF, 183. Christogenia.org, 108. William Fink, 107. Pastor Jeremy Visser, 95. Anthropos Anthros, 87. You know, I explained that on a, that connection on a forum, I think, but I can't remember. I'm going to have to write a paper on it. Christogenia Forum, 75. Christogenia New Testament, 48. Identifying the beast of the field by Clifton A. Amahiser, 39. That's my top ten keywords. Somebody searched for my site on Ahmad Dinajad site, colon org. That's crazy. I should probably end this recording, huh, because this program's pretty much petered out. I'm not even getting feedback from that. Yeah. (laughs) That's horrible. (laughs) All right. I've let the recording go too long. Good night everybody. Thanks for being here. I'm going down to open house.
6: Good night.